1: Conversation And well, loved. Merrick Garland has been confirmed uh, by the Senate 70 to 30. That means 20 Republicans, and, and try as I might, and if anyone out there uh, has a list of the 20 Republicans that voted for Garland, I'd really appreciate if you sent me the list or if you know them and can say, tell us here on the show. Uh, I like to know who they were. I could only find a, a few of them. Mitch McConnell, of course, Lindsey Graham. I'd like to hear more about what happened that, and Chuck Grassley. So, of course, I'd like to hear about who the others were. So if we don't hear it tonight, then perhaps we can go to uh, www.bardslogic.com politicaltalk.com, go to the contact page, and send me the list. Uh, So that would be appreciated. Now, one senator that did not uh, was Senator Ted Cruz, uh, did not vote to confirm uh, Garland. Sandy Garland did not make clear that he would safeguard the department against political intervention, and Garland refused, quote, to make clear that he would stand against the politicization of the department which we saw during the Obama years was a quote from Ted Cruz now Garland has already stated that the so-called and I call it so-called insurrection because it wasn't really an insurrection um, at the Capitol January 6th will be his first and top priority and he also said he's going to tackle the spread of white supremacy so As we know, the Democrats decried Russia, Russia, Russia for the four years that what I say was the rightful president still, President Trump, was in office. Uh, There was a rush in around every corner with these Democrats and with uh, their sycophants in the media, uh, their propaganda machine. Now that the Democrats have shifted their sights, Away from a foreign adversary, to search for domestic terrorists, or what they call domestic terrorists in the American citizenry itself, form of Trump supporters. So my concern is that will Garland be the Democrats' next McCarthy, trying to find you know. Mefty terrorists everywhere because they wear a mega hat or supported or voted for Trump. I mean, they're even talking about investigating members of Congress who are saying may have been in contact with Trump on that day to try to see if they could probably oust them out of office. So I wonder is going to be the new McCart the Democrats McCarthy and even worse. If the DOJ is going to be America's Gestapo, now one of the things we're working on here, we're not just talk, we try to you know, motivate people to, to go out and, and, and take action as well, be activists, is we need to resist against the persecution against Trump and supporters and conservatives at large. And one thing we do have tonight, as I hope folks will go to, so if you're listening live or if you're listening to the uh, podcast or if you're out here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, I've got a link here from the LaRouche Pack. It's a petition called Hands Off Trump. And what this petition will be, it's going to be forward to the House Freedom Caucus, uh, to Senators Paul, Halley, and Johnson uh, for their use in demanding the truth. It's also going to be forward to Republican Attorney General Association in the states for purposes of launching parallel investigations directed at the actual perpetrators of the event, or what they call the so-called insurrection. Now, here on Blog Talk Radio, you have a link uh, to the petition, uh, or you can go to the larouchepact.com at www.larouche. That's L-A-R-U-C-H-E in the word PAC, uh, so larouchepack.com, And you'll see where you can have the petition that's called Hands Off Trump, uh, Investigate the Real January 6th Conspirators. So again, if you're listening live now or if you are listening to the podcast, I urge you uh, to go to that petition and sign it. And I would certainly really appreciate it. So that is going to be our discussion tonight. I, I'm, my concern is – and we'll talk about other things, of course, as we do – is are they going to start using the Department of Justice with with Garland? Now, of course, Garland could be a Supreme Court justice, and he's going to be all upset. But are they going to use the Department of Justice kind of like what they did in the Obama administration? I think it could be worse than what the Obama administration did. I mean they're going to go after Trump. They're going to try to prosecute Trump because why? Well, we know why, because they would have tried to do everything they could. The left are so afraid of Trump running in 2024. They're going to try to do everything that they can. And, and we, we the people, we we need to stop we need to stop them. And and, that's what, and not and not only are they gonna start going, I mean, look, they're gonna go after Trump, then who's next? Then they're gonna go after the congressmen and your senators, anyone who they think might have had a conversation with Trump that day. And then what are they gonna do? Then they're gonna come after the Trump supporters. They're gonna come after us. You know, trying to dub us, you know, as you know, domestic terrorists. And then, of course, because a lot of us here are white, well, that, that right there makes us white supremacists. I mean, to the very fact that we're white and we're conservative, I mean, we're we're already stamped with the uh, the white supremacist, you know, on, on our sleeves. And, and, what, and whites better be careful. I mean, could you I mean, could you imagine if if, if whites voted in a, in a in a single block? I'm getting kind of tired of it myself. You know, with this whole white – but they're, they're coming – my concern is they're going to come after us and, and do what the Gestapo did. I mean they went after – Germany. Gestapo went after their political rival. and I think that's exactly what Garland and this Department of Ju- uh, Justice is going to do. I think it's – we could very well see the, the, Dem- the, the Democrat McCarthy. So let's go ahead and see what our our panel thoughts are. We do got uh, – Suzette and uh, Joseph on the line. Uh, we've got, just bring them in in order as a call in. Uh, so we've got uh, Joseph here, and then Suzette, and then we go have other callers. Push the one on your number dial, and we will get you into the show. Um, but let me uh, open up the mics here. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
2: Uh, I've seen better days, but it's a pleasure to be back on. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to be on your show last week, so I'm not going to spend much time on last week's topic. But since I didn't get a chance to uh, opine on the uh, incredible speech that uh, President Donald Trump made uh, at CPAC, he hit the ball out the park completely. He hit a home run, he was right on uh, par with his messaging, threw out a few implications. That he does intend to run. I don't think he was uh, merely teasing or flirting with the idea. But he said something that truly captivated me. He said the Democrats are better than Republicans when it comes to unity. Because when it comes to voting on major legislation in the House and the Senate, you don't have Mitt Romney's of the Democratic Party going rogue. They always told the line.
1: That's true. including He
2: couldn't have said it any better, right, Robert? True. I couldn't believe I was actually agreeing with what he was saying about the Democratic Party, but it's true. If you go back in history, they always told the line on every major piece of legislation in the House, in the Senate. They realized that they are going to lose the House and the Senate in 2022, so they're trying to ram everything they can now before 2022 occurs. President Trump even went further to say the Democrats are smarter. That's where I disagreed with him. I don't know if he was trying to be facetious, but he said the Democrats are smarter than Republicans, but the Democrats' policies are horrible. I would say that the Left is not smart at all. But I will agree with the president. When it comes to unity, when it comes to towing the line, when it comes to, historically, the Dems controlling all three chambers, the executive, the legislative, all three chambers, the presidency, the Senate, and the House, they always toe the line. You don't have a Mitch McConnell. You don't have a... Susan Collins, you don't have a Murkowski, you don't have a Mitt Romney, you don't have a a Richard Burr. That never happened. And then Republicans wonder why we're in the mess we are now. I wonder why. Because right now, I arguably would say we're at the most dangerous point in the history of our constitutional republic. We are in danger of losing everything. I think we're at the most vulnerable point in our history. And a lot of it has to do with these rhino traders and the Republican Party that's basically giving the Dems all the power and the fodder. So instead of having a two-party system, in reality, we have a one-party system. Well, we might as well just – we have a totalitarianism uh, uh, regime, like, like we call it on the show, the Harris-Biden regime. Let's call it for what it is. Let's not uh, sugarcoat, let's not mince words here. Let's, We're on Bard's uh, logic. Let's call it for what it is. It's the Harris-Biden regime. And history has always demonstrated that when power is stolen, It never in a good outcome. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when power is stolen, nine out of ten, that power falls in the hands of the wrong people or the wrong individual. And then the worst of the worst occurs. That's what happened on November 3rd, 2020. The biggest election in our country's history on the most massive scale, was stolen. And it's barely been two months, and boy, the house of cards are falling in liberal wonderland. It is falling quicker than anyone could have even anticipated. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens when we just sit by idly and we allow a one-party system to try to hijack our constitutional republic and democracy. What's going on right now? This is exactly what happens. But thank God we have yeah, President and Trump. And we have an incredible movement. And we're not going to stop fighting. Yes, Robert, I am appalled that 70, 70 senators voted overwhelmingly to confirm Merrick Garland. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get that video over to you. There's an actual video that actually – so you should be able to see the senators who uh, voted for that because for some reason when I'm going to the regular articles, geez, I wonder why. They're not listing the 70 Republicans. No, Oh, or Democrats who voted. I wonder why. Well, wait a minute. Oh, let me change that. All 50 Democrats, senators, voted. All 50. Is it a surprise? Like Donald Trump said, when it comes to unity within their own party and voting the and towing the line, the Dems are masters at it. Oh, yes, they are. So I will defer back to you, Robert. I'm gonna try to uh, forward you that video because it's the only place that I could find it where it's gonna list the actual senators who made the votes. And hopefully that'll give you the answer to the questions uh, you were asking as to who were the uh, traders who uh, were the rhinos who voted along with the Dems. And uh, I will defer back to you, Robert.
1: But yeah, I'd like to know who who they are. And Tonya, these these are all folks that I mean I, I know there's got to be some bipartisanship. I don't think this is it. Uh, especially I want to find out if some of the same people who say uh you know, well they support Trump and you know they, they didn't think that he should be impeached and things of that nature. And if they go uh you know, and they go ahead and vote for this guy Who's already said, you know that all oh, his top priority is what happened on the Capitol, which it ticks me off because oh wait a minute let me okay let me get this straight and I'm gonna bring in Suzette. I was like let me get this straight. So you have months and months of BLM and Antifa riots going on, and did the, the did the Department of Justice get involved? I don't even think Barr. Bill Barr got involved in it. Um, of course, he ended up being a POS, right? And you have – and that's what makes me mad. I mean you, you didn't have – they turned down to have a National Guard people for a long time coming into where these, these, uh, these rioters and looters and murderers were. But then you have a so-called attack, and even if it was a, you know, an attack, whatever, none, none, none of them were armed. That's why it's like, oh, this was an insurrection. How many people were armed? Did they have any armed people? The only people that were armed are the people who shot and killed that girl. So how, how do you have an insurrection when you're not armed? And how come they didn't call when these people stormed you know, the Capitol during the Kavanaugh hearings? Why didn't they, why didn't they call them insurrectionists? They were trying, you know, they they were trying to stop a legal proceeding, which that's what they're trying to say. Oh, well, they were trying to stop a legal proceeding. Well, how come they didn't make the same argument during the you know, when, during the Kavanaugh uh, when they was you know storming the Capitol then? And, but but all, now they have all these fences and walls, so that, they, that you know, to, oh my gosh, politicians get threatened. You have know, thousands, thousands of National Guard there. You have you know you know walls with razor wire erected around the you know the, the Capitol and things of that nature. Oh. so who cares? So basically, what they're telling the American people is, we don't give a flying crap about you. We don't we not give a damn about you, but we care about ourselves. We we want to protect ourselves with walls and razor wire. But we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna protect you, the American people. From all these thousands of people flooding into our, our southern border, evading our country, who knows how many of these people have COVID, right? They want to be like, oh, we want to you know, shut us down. I mean they're educating their kids. They're okay with educating these illegal immigrants, but they don't want to have our own kids, citizens of these United States, to be educated and and that's what's coming that's what's coming down so let's go ahead and bring in uh Suzette. we had Kelly in the line maybe he had the to, to go hopefully we we could bring them him back uh but thank you very much and uh, hello daily news so, oh well daily news
3: I, dated it, and a list. Then, I posted it
1: oh i do. All got right. i got i got a list here great um we're gonna read those mm-hmm. off shortly let me read those let me read those not 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 now yeah. so once you get your comments then um, yeah, let me get that uh, – I'll get that listed a little bit, and then uh, I'm going to write this down, too. Um,
3: Even copy uh, the link that I put in the chat room, and it will take you to the article that shows those – shows the names.
1: Yeah, well, I won't, always, I won't always have the article up, but I'll always have a piece of paper floating around in my desk. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but go ahead, Suzanne.
3: So, um, anyway, uh, as far as uh, the people that had voted him in, I think they think that they're trying to, I don't know, appease them, and that they'll back off. But they never back off. They just, uh, you know what?
1: I agree. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting, but yeah, I, I actually think that is a part of it. That they're like, oh, well, if we vote this guy in, maybe he won't look. Maybe he won't look our way.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the names that are on that list. Most of those names on there are um, initially the ones who voted to impeach um, Trump again um, for the that capital incident. So, you know, no surprise there. But uh, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> they might as well just put a D next to their name, okay?
0: <laughs> oh,
3: shit. Why, why pretend anymore? It's so obvious. And you know, I hope to God that they get primaried out. And um, yeah, because they blew it. And you've betrayed your people, your, the people you're supposed to represent. And you just slapped them clear across the face twice. So if they think they're going to get elected again, it may be either they cheated or that by default that there just wasn't anybody to come out and vote because they didn't feel it was worth their time. And that's unfortunate because I understand that feeling and, and I want to punish them too, but as far as not coming out to vote, but then they get, they get in by default. You know, if nobody comes, well, then you win another term, and it's like, oh, well, damn it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, Garland does not belong in that position. If you notice that all of, if not most of, uh, the nominees for these agencies are all activists, lawyers and activists. They don't have any other type of business experience or any other type of experience. They went to Harvard or Yale, then law school, and now they're in politics or did their activism and then through politics and their lobbying and so forth. But you look at their resumes and it's like, wow, really? Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see if we can ask you some questions and so you can dazzle me and maybe I'll think about it. Oh no, they're just. Straight out there, you have some of them saying, "Well, that was a long time ago," or they just won't answer the question directly, which you know that's a, just a politician thing, I think. But um, yeah, anyway. So yes, amazingly disappointed. And um,
1: oh, there's Romney.
3: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to you, Robert.
1: Yeah. And so here, here's the list uh, for folks to um, uh, to look at and. And some of these, some of these people from these states are kind of. I'm kind of confused at. I mean, and then one. I mean, when I mentioned Lindsey Graham earlier. I mean, I'm kind of surprised, at Graham. I mean, I just don't know what to think about that guy. Sometimes, um, I, I really don't. Um,
3: not you know, I I, that, that that Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, I was shocked about. <laughs> That's almost half of them. You know, well, here's the,
1: the, the list here. Uh, now, McConnell, honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised that McConnell did it. Um, oh, you uh, I'm not surprised he did. But my own uh, senator, Portman, uh, he voted for him here on Ohio. Now, here's the thing about Portman, though. I think – I don't know why. Maybe he's hoping to get a position somewhere when he retires. Uh, because he's already mentioned that he's not going to, uh, you know, he, he's not going to run anymore. He's going to retire. And sometimes I think, you know what, if, if you're not going to run anymore, you know, if you're going to retire, maybe there's just certain things you shouldn't be allowed to vote for anymore. <laughs> you Because know, it's like you don't feel like you're beholden to anybody anymore. If you're not getting voted in, you know, I mean, how are you, I don't know. I get mixed thoughts of that. Um You know, because I mean, how else are we going to hold them accountable? But of course, we don't want to have, as you know, um, you know, career politicians. So eventually, they got to get out, right? Um, and so here, here's the list. And I, again, twenty. I mean, it's not unprecedented, unfortunately. Um, it, it, it's not a you know precedent to have, you know, all these. You know Republicans, you know, vote for stuff like this. Uh, I mean, you've seen other appointments where, you know, you've seen, you know, more. But this is a pretty big margin. I mean, this was. I mean, I was looking at some other appointments, and it, if memory serves me correctly, then this is actually the more, uh, the 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 most I've seen anyone vote for them. I mean, I. This this is the most of it I've seen anybody uh, like seventy. I mean, I've seen some get like in their sixties, but I think this is the only one, and it makes me wonder why. You know, it's like, hmm, maybe if I vote for him, you know, he'll stay out of my way. You know what I mean? Um, So so who knows? And then, uh, so here's the list here. So if you hear your state, you know, put, you know, put the, and I'm going. I mean, again, I wish there was something I could say to Portman, but I can't because he's leaving. Um, but if if, if any of your guys or gals are are running again, uh these are the ones that you don't want you want to reach out to uh when with your state. So you got McConnell from Kentucky, Miss McConnell from Kentucky, and that really I hate to say it doesn't surprise me, uh, that he um that he voted for him. That doesn't really surprise me much at all. Um, now of course you notice that, you know, the other senator from Kentucky did not vote, uh, did not vote for him. So that would be uh, Rand Paul, uh, didn't vote for him. And then you have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Chuck Grassley from Iowa, and and I'm kind of, you know, it's like, and then you have uh, another Iowa, Joni Ernst. And it's like what what's going on with Iowa? I thought Iowa was a pretty conservative place. And you have James Langford from Oklahoma. And then you have, as I said, Lizzie Graham. Lizzie Graham? Um, That that really does surprise me. Now, John Thune, South Dakota, um, and actually, you know, also rounds from South Dakota, which having the governor known the way she is, and these guys voted for, uh, you know, voted this way, it kind of uh, surprised me. Um, Voted for Garland. And then you have Romney. Of course, Romney doesn't surprise anybody. I mean, he's He's always been a Democrat, you know, in Republican clothing. And then you have uh, Jim Inhofe, Oklahoma. Um, then Cassidy, uh, Bill Cassidy of uh, Louisiana. Now, this this name really doesn't surprise me, even though it's Texas. And that's John Cornyn. That doesn't really surprise me. Uh, Jerry Moran, uh, Moran. I don't even really know that guy, to be honest. Uh, now, Tillis, John Tillis. Up in North Carolina, Blunt uh, in Missouri. This this name's not going to surprise you, Susan Collins. <laughs> that's not going to. Um, and I even just read an article today that who and who uh, her and Schumer are in very good terms because he actually worked really really hard to try to get her unseated. <laughs> and I, it's, it's, it's from my understanding, she may still be a little pissed off about that. And then lastly, you got uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Now that doesn't uh, that doesn't surprise anybody. Um, but you have Moore uh, from West Virginia. I, I almost forgot about him. Um, and so, but I, I, but you know, I noticed that uh, Mansion didn't vote for him. He, he didn't vote for uh, which which he didn't vote for, him, but Moore from West Virginia voted for him. So there's your list, folks. If you're in your state, if they're not retiring or if they're not, uh, you know, if they're running, you know, go ahead and I, I, all these guys, all these people need to be, you know, you know, they, they, these people need to be uh, voted out. I mean, I, I think it's not time for partisan. It's not time for bipartisanship. I, I think we need to resist. Um, this administration in almost every way possible, especially when you have a guy who going you know, to run, you know, a, a big witch hunt. I think that if we act now, it might keep that from happening. Such as, you know, again, go to that uh, if you haven't already, you know, go to that link there on uh, the Larouche pack and, and sign the petition. Uh, you know, again, whether you're listening, you know, live or listening to that, it's. Um, and here's the, here's what the petition says, okay. And then I'm going to bring it back to you, uh, Joseph. It's uh, right now. It's got 2,760 signatures, so hopefully we'll see some more. Um, and the first part you ha- we have here on 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 blog on Bart's Logic here on Blog Talk Radio. But the first part says uh, one. Don, and this is this is the, this is the. So if you want to hear what the uh, the petition is before going to the link. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Number one, there's one of six. It says, one, Donald Trump has been acquitted in the Senate, but Senate Mitch McConnell's post-trial impeachment rant against Trump, done for the benefit of his Wall Street money bags, clarifies the intent still is to prosecute Trump and prevent him from running again. Number two, the Democratic Congress right now, is prepared to hang the blame for the riot in the capital on the Capitol on Donald Trump through a 9/11 commission. Uh, this is like the first 9/11 commission will be a frame-up, a witch hunt, and cover-up, distracting blame from the actual perpetrators. Number three, the Senate will begin investigating this with a hearing on February 23rd. So you know that's that's already passed, as you know. Uh, before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee featuring these fired officials immediately responsible for capital security. Number four, we demand a real investigation focused on actual perpetrators. The focus of such an investigation should be on the director of the FBI and other intelligence agencies, foreign or domestic, known to have informants in ATIFA, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. And remember, folks, if you go way back into the archives here at Bl- uh, Bart's Logic when Oath Keepers was, you know, a bunning organization, and now they're they're in the news, a, a, you know, pretty often. It's not good news because uh, they're, they're trying to be blasted. Um, but we did have uh, uh, Stuart Rhodes on, who's the founder of Oath Keepers, on the show a long time ago. Um, I did reach out to him. Uh, for another interview, Uh, but I guess with all the other stuff that's going on, uh, I have not uh, heard back from him. Uh, So again, he's he's, he's probably got a lot of stuff going on with this witch hunt that's going on. Um, Now, here's an organization I've ever heard a lot of, the Ukrainian Prevy Organization, or other groups, a group now known who have conspired to invade and riot in the capital long before January 6. And the questions are how many informants or undercover agents are in these groups? What were the informants reporting? And what role did these informants or agents play in promoting the idea of invading the Capitol? So I think what they're stating is you had people from you know, government organizations infiltrating places like you know, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, and maybe even Antifa, to perhaps urge them to invade the Capitol, i.e. it sounds like they're they're considering a may have been a setup. And the fifth point is the next set of witnesses should cover what intelligence reports were available to Washington, D.C.,
0: Mayor Miriam
1: Bowser, the Director of FBI and Homeland Security… the Pentagon, and the President on how each reacted to those reports, including all conversations and discussions between Mayor Bowser and Speaker Pelosi. According to the Capitol Police, despite the request, the National Guard was not deployed to the Capitol because of interventions by House and Senate leadership. And lastly, number six, uh, the next area of inquiry involves the relationship of QAnon to any government agency of the United States, any contractor of the United States, any foreign agency or contractor, or any political or charitable entity hostile to Donald J. Trump, to so declaring QAnon a domestic threat. See, it's starting with, and I'm not, you know, I, I wanted to get somebody from QAnon on, we we never did. Um, of course, they're, they're getting heat, and we, they did predict a lot of stuff that like did not happen. So I don't. I don't know if he uh, was actually a real thing, but, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Just uh, I don't know if it was something that was meant to distract us or feel something real, and they were just wrong. You know, people who just predicted that they were in the know when they actually weren't in the know. I was uh, actually
3: anyway. a part of that, Robert. So if you have, I can answer any questions, I mean, I was, uh, I don't know, six months Perhaps a year, maybe, we were into that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Certainly. I'll bring it. Um. Yeah. We we'll definitely want to bring that up, Uh. Bring that in. Though we got uh, plenty of time. Since we're, we're, since we're on it. Um. Yeah. And you can read the rest of the petition by going to. I got the link here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh. Just go to this. The, the show description for tonight, and you'll have a link there. Uh. Where it's going to say. Uh, Hands off, Trump. Uh, that, and That'll take you to the link. So definitely, if you haven't signed the petition already. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you went in there and did, uh, you know, and, and for they could get, you know, plenty of signatures. Normally, you know, I think you need at least 5,000 signatures to make any kind of impact, at least when it comes to a petition. Of course, the more the merrier. So hopefully we'll be able to get some more folks. And also, you know, share the link. Share the link of people who are, uh, you know, I know a lot of people on this call, whether, you know, live or uh, you know, listen to the podcast, and you know, I know you're Trump supporters, and so you know, let's you know, again, take some action and, you know, go to the you know, go to there, you know, sign the petition yourself and then share it, you know, again, share it on your social media, you know, share it on your, and it's important. I mean, I got um, to, to show you how important uh, word of mouth is and, and people are working together to get this stuff out. Uh, my brother has uh you know, has a band, and you know, it's, it's really starting to take off. You know, he's got a, you know, just a group of people, you know, that just keep spreading the word for him. And now that he just, you know, was on a radio station there and he's even being, uh, even being heard in Canada and stuff like that. So I know that, you know, sharing things out really worked. It's certainly working for him, for him and his band. Um, pretty cool. They even got a couple, uh, you know, a couple of CDs out now, but anyway, uh, so yeah, definitely you know take the link to that you know share it for folks so they can you know they're Trump supporters so they're not going to be upset with you sending them a link to a uh, to a, a you know to a petition that you know, they're hoping is going to to help Trump because he's certainly going to need it because they are going to come at him. I think they're going to now that he, now that he's not president they're going to come at, at him with you know with with both guns. I mean, they're going to be coming out of Trump hard, so he's going to need as much uh, support that can be mustered uh, for him. And, of course, with, uh, with Biden, and I'm going to bring it over to you real uh, soon, soon uh, since I don't want to get this out. But with Biden, I mean, obviously, if you just watch him, i mean, getting worse and worse by the day. As we predicted here on Bards Logic, he's not going to last a year. Um, he's not going to last a year as president. He, he'll step down, and they'll make him step down. And then Kamala Harris. She, uh of course, she will be president. Who knows who would be the the VP? There's a lot, of, there's a lot of speculation out there. But, but she doesn't have the gravitas. I mean, she, I don't think she, I don't think she's got a shot um, to uh, to beat Trump. Now the thing is, she might have a, a shot to you know beat you know other candidates that that are certainly out there. But I don't think she'd be able to uh, to beat Trump. So we we gotta do what we can to ensure that you know these leftists. Are not going to be able to, you know, succeed in getting it where Trump's not going to be able to be reelected, because again, Biden's not going to—he's not going to make it through four years. He won't last one. I'm not—you know—I'm not saying he's going to get assassinated or die or anything, but I just think he's going to be so, um, so cognitively impaired that he's just not going to be able to do it anymore, and they'll either 25th Amendment or I think more likely he'll you know, take it upon himself to resign and that she'll you know she'll be president who knows again who she'll she'd uh, have be her VP but I, I do I do well, I mean, Robert, she didn't in her primary. I don't think she could get past the – you know I don't think she got the couldn't go even get the, past Iowa in her own primary.
2: It would go to the Speaker of the House if the twenty fifth amendment was invoked as per the constitution, is sadly it would go to the Speaker of the House to be the
1: VP. Well, yeah, but what if he resigns? That's, yeah, I knew that, but what if he resigns? What then if he that to step would
2: be down? a different situation if he did resign. But uh, I'm not sure whether they're just going to invoke the 25th Amendment or if he's going to resign or which is going to be better. Um, I mean, we all knew that. I'm pretty confident that Joe Biden, this is what he signed up for. He knew he was only going to be around for maybe six months, tops. And this is what he wanted for his legacy, to say that he was president. But this was the game plan all along. They're not stringing him. This is what he signed on to begin with. That's why they handpicked Kamala uh, for a reason, because they always had this in, in in the plans. They always had planned for him to either step down or the 25th Amendment to be invoked. So this was always the plan. Anyone who thinks that Joe Biden didn't sign up for this is, uh, you know, you're – you're living in La La Land. So at the end of the day, this was the path that Joe Biden uh, chose. He sold his soul to the devil in doing so. He thinks somehow he's going to walk away with the legacy, which he's not. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if with by June or July, they already make the move uh, for Biden to step down and for uh, Kamala to uh, take over. I don't think they're going to waste much time at all.
1: Oh my God. Could you man in, uh, Harris Pelosi. Well, let me tell you something. Harris Pelosi Pelosi, their uh, administration. You, I mean, you're 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 pretty much setting yourself up for a Carter situation. <laughs> to ser- I mean, seriously. I mean, unless unless Harris would run again and not have Pelosi be, uh, you know, the VP again. Because I, I think, I don't know. I, I think a lot of independents aren't very fond of her, but um before before we um you know we, we kind of lose the the, the the wave there for uh, about the queue uh, Suzette, you you mentioned that uh you have some some either uh, first hand knowledge or, or some knowledge about the, the what happened with the whole Q and on thing so i'm I'm certainly interested in hearing more about that.
3: It's some first hand knowledge uh, Robin, my husband and I um, had started following Q at the start. And that was at the beginning, towards the end of, what was it, 2016? It was just before the election. October. October? He even knows a month. October. And so, Anon, they've got it all wrong. Q anon, they're separate. Q is the highest security that any American could ever hold, as far as clearance goes. And that person... Uh, can only be in a certain agencies to have that uh, clearance. And the Q is, um, they've narrowed it down to the energy department. Um, it has that highest security clearance, and that can be verified by just looking it up. And so the Anon comes in where Q, we don't know if it was one person or a bunch of people, a group of people, um, or, you know, what the entity exactly was. Um, it, for me, it ended up turning out to be a psyops and I bailed out. But um, anyway, so Anonymous, who is on active on 4chan and 8chan, any of those chans, channels, basically, that's what it stands for, um, and anywhere else. But they're like computer hackers um, that usually take, assume those names, Anonymous. But they shortened it to Anon uh, just because when messages were coming through, they called them breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs came from Q which were just information pieces um, that whoever received them at that time would throw them out on these boards, 8chan, 4chan, uh, for people to put together as far as look up. And you would have a proof, what was it, past, proves present. Um, They would have certain people or names or throw a clip, a picture. And so you would look at those things and see how they fit together. And so events. Um, I don't know, people that were in government but worked outside of government or whatever dealings were going on. So you put these puzzles together. So you start putting um, a picture of who's working with who within the corruption. And so it became a deal as far as solving the puzzles. So a lot of people got involved. And Q kept encouraging the people to um, continue uh, your patriots, Um, we're with you, the president's with you, and, you know, we'll save this country and we'll tear down this corruption. They would say that there was, like, all these indictments that um, are sealed and ready to go to arrest all these people and have a tribunal um, because they couldn't be uh, arrested and put in, like, a regular court. It would have to be a military tribunal because some of them weren't in office anymore, actually a lot of them. Anyway, but that never came true, and... Nobody could verify the indictment. Now, some of the information that Q had dropped um, was true um, or did come true, either of those cases. So it kept people in, engaged. Um, and so it was easy to hook people into it because they had the potential of having these people, you know, as far as working, working, uncoding, uncoding to uncover and let the American people know what's going on. And they would do that on Twitter. They would release the puzzle or the information that was gathered with the whatever they had put together on Twitter, and then Twitter <laughs> started getting rid of um, the Q people, as they were calling them. So when they started calling them QAnon, the QAnon people or Q people or anon <laughs> Anonymous, um, knew it wasn't them, but that's only because that they know that they are Anons and there is only one Q. Again, whether that queue is a, one person or an agency or a group of people or a group of military, we don't know. But they, from the queue stand that they have the highest security clearance. <coughs> they would leave breadcrumbs occasionally through satellite messages. I have the link so, you know, people can visit the site to where these messages were being posted, the breadcrumbs as they call them and um yeah so it became a really big deal a lot of people got involved because they thought they were working um to save the country and again some of the predictions that were solved in, within those puzzles um were true came true or were true so you know they it, like i said it was just really easy to get caught up in and um then there were certain things that were just getting way over the top and i just it was way too much for me to to think that it was something was going to happen as far as with all these indictments and military tribunals and all this other crap. So I got out. (laughs) I'm like, sorry, guys, I I just can't.
1: Yeah, could you mention something about being a PSYOP, and that's when you got up. Can you uh, elaborate more
0: on that?
3: Yeah, a PSYOP being that, okay, so initially this was all kept silent, underground, like I said. It went way back to 2016. And it's been going. I mean, these people are working 24 hours a day, groups and sets, you know, round the clock to solve these crumbs. And I was thinking, okay, so then it became public and they started showing their Q-shirts and Q was supposedly supposed to reveal himself during the last rally that Trump held before the election. And <laughs> some hand sign that Trump had made, because Trump talks with his hands, they had attributed that to... Um, him pointing to where Q was at, but I mean, it was so obvious that it was just Trump talking. And not only that, but the fact that, okay, now you guys are public and you're still solving these breadcrumbs and talking about things and people and events. Don't you think that NFA knows who you are if, if you are dangerous? Because you're actually putting stuff out there to the public that shouldn't be out there sometimes. And if they really wanted you, they could get you. I mean, as far as arrest you, you're not – you're doing it out on YouTube, for goodness sakes, or just, the, you know, the Internet. You, you wouldn't be hard to find. So why would you talk about things like arrests are going to be coming this weekend or there were arrests, I think, tonight. You know, they'd be sending messages back and forth. And so right. like nobody got arrested. Yeah. And so I was like, really? I mean, come on. If you guys kept this on the down low, maybe I could – get, you know, buy it uh, some more. (laughs) But the fact that it was out in the open and you guys are still talking openly um, and nothing's happening, come on. You know, what else could it be as far as just the opposition? We already know that the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, British intelligence um, were all involved in the Russiagate. So why not get people involved in something that they're distracted with, you know, keep him busy because he would disappear or it would disappear. Q would be for a couple of months here and there. And as far as nothing, no word, no messages, nothing. And then pop up again with a message. So, yeah.
0: Hmm.
3: It's a really creepy thing after when you think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. At first I was kind of into it and then I was like, yeah. Then when they kept making these predictions that never happened, I I kind of, you know, start stop reading it. (laughs) they like, oh, this, and then I look more into it, and I'm like, um, yeah, this didn't happen. Like, I think you put out the thing about all of the, the servers that were supposedly captured in Germany. Uh Whatever happened mm-hmm. with that? I mean, I, I didn't know whether that was something that actually happened.
3: Nothing happened, <laughs> and they have no explanation, just like the whole entire time leading up to this last election, November 3rd as far as Trump's going to be dropping the hammer any day now. Trump's going to be pulling, putting all these arrests and Bill Barr uh, any day now. And Trump's playing 4D chess, and he's just waiting for the right time. It's like, okay, here we are after the election. We're in, what, March? Don't tell me you guys are still waiting. <laughs> Trump has no power now. Come on, as far as uh, he had people working against yeah, him. Yeah, I, mean, I don't that, know
1: what they – Yeah, yeah, I kind of lost faith when they start. Well, there was even—I thought there was even a congressman or something who actually reported. And Kelly might be able to tell us more about this when we we'll bring him in. But I'm going to bring uh, see if he wants to add comments to that, Joseph, and bring Kelly in. But um, I, th- I think uh, Ke- you know Kelly knows about this. there was even—I thought even a congressman per- uh, who was stating that. Oh yeah, there's these um, modems or something that were seized uh, from the uh, you know from over in Germany or something like that. Well I didn't hear any any more about that.
3: Even Sydney Powell bought into that.
1: Yeah, well unfortunately I don't think she was as smart as we all kind of thought she was. Hate to say it, but I think we rely I think people ended up relying too much on her. Uh, well, Joseph, I did, want did to you want to add something. anything onto that before I bring in Kelly?
2: Yeah, actually, it it, it kind of segues way it segues way uh, uh, right into Kelly, because Kelly said something uh, two weeks ago on the closing of the show, and it really struck a chord with me um, in a positive way. And he said it as the show was ending, uh, so it was going off the air. Well, it was already um, after dark hours, anyways. But he was talking about the unsung heroes of World War II and how MI6 and um, other intelligence organizations broke the Enigma Code uh, and also cracked the uh, Japanese uh, Naval Imperial Codes which saved hundreds of millions of lives uh, and the war probably would have went on for another more two years had that not happened, so it cut the war by two years less and um I thought that was amazing' because Kelly was basically saying, you know we need to we need to continue the fight at whatever cost, just like uh the great heroes of uh World War two did, and the unsung heroes were your everyday people um but the the intelligence um members who broke the codes, they before they got into the intelligence um, divisions, they were just average, everyday American people who were patriotic and wanted to do everything to save their country and were fighting uh, on different fronts uh, of World War II, uh, trying to uh, prevent the access of evil from uh, dominating uh, the world, world conquest, and um, kudos to you, uh, Kelly, uh, that really struck a chord with me. Um, it really lifted my spirits and uh, gave me more inspiration. Thank you for that, Kelly.
1: Go ahead and um, open uh, Kelly's mic. Um, good to have you on, Kelly. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
4: Oh, well, good. We're getting some rain. We had some snow recently here in Northern California. So, Kelly's nice. Um, and we've been basically high desert. We really need rain. We only get like 15 to 17 inches a year of rain. So but anyway uh, Yeah I'm a little happy About the Newsome recall However they are trying things To Nullify the signatures As many as they can I don't know how you would count A million and a half to They're trying to get two million I think they got a million and three quarters They only need like a million four hundred and fifty thousand I guess there's legal trickery going on to uh, pull people's names off the signatures. For example, if you, instead of writing, you know, one, two, three Maple Street, you spell out street, you you, you put in ST, or instead of road, RD. They're trying to nullify the signatures so that the recall doesn't happen. So, <laughs> I just, you know, attorneys in their tricks. I mean, just, ah. I hope that's not state money, going to prevent the recall, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, I, 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 history. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. That was very warm and appreciated. Appreciative. Um, I'm into history. I was. I just happened to pick up True Grit, the John Wayne classic, from Walmart for like three bucks in the three dollar bin. But anyway, 1969. John Wayne finally got a, the best actor in uh, Academy Awards. It was one of his last films, and it was uh, – anyway, times have changed in Hollywood because the screenwriter the – True Grit was a novel, and then a screenwriter, and then it turned into a movie. Well, the screenwriter um, did a really good job, obviously, but for several years – this is another little history note. For several years, the screenwriter couldn't get a screenwriting job because there was lots of rumors that she was a communist. You remember the McCarthy Are You a Communist era era? I am like, What? Hollywood and, and this movie True Grit had certain Christian innuendos in it. Uh That was really kind of a good pulse, heartbeat of the nation at the time. So 1969, obviously they probably worked on it for a year or two. But anyway, boy has Hollywood changed. They wouldn't let a screenwriter have a job because she was suspected of being a communist. And now the communists are every turn in in Hollywood. But anyway, I have a, uh, something happened uh, last week you guys might find interesting about elections. Um, how many people love Dominion? Raise their hand. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, Mac- McEnany, General McEnany I think was the one hinted about the raid in Frankfurt, Germany. Avon um, Hutton Pulitzer has communicated about the modem sound in the Dominion machine, which Congressman, I don't know. There was another congressman that also had been briefed on the Frankfurt raid. I can't remember his name right now. Anyway, so modems, in, in the Jill Stein recount Wisconsin. John Brakey found him there. Uh, he filmed modem activated on a vote counting machine after the polls closed. During the shutdown process, they almost arrested him for filming it. He's got that video. That's Florida, so – uh, Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia from Hutton's research because there was a court order of all yeah, modern the machine. okay oh, but no, 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 they're not there it's all human error, they say so some locals have been bugging me about doing something with this county because we have Dominion here in Siskiyou County Dominion Vote counting machines the previous uh Election Clerk Colin Setzer. Hard working, honest, fair, really decent, just didn't have a clue about computers. Um, she trusted them. When I sent her the video about I saw from Florida, she called it the vendor, Dominion. And she was told by Dominion, Oh, the vendor says there's no modems. <laughs> the vendor says okay, fine. Anyway, so June thirtieth of this year, the Dominion contract expires. <laughs> and I got some word out to people, and uh, so locals are approaching me now. We had a meeting on Monday, what we can do to get make sure the Dominion contract is not renewed. Yeah, real simple. Uh, here's the specifications. Open source software. We can investigate the machines at any time we want to. Number three, we own the machines. We don't lease them. Guess what? Dominion, ES&S, Heart Civic, the big three would never want to uh, give a bid before renewing the contract if those were the specifications because they couldn't comply. And they'd be you know, a few uh ten other items on the specifications. So I called the election clerk because these people are wanting me to join up with them or them with whatever. We get together and we get rid of the dominion machine in our county. And I don't know if I want to let somebody else go first because I want to read the write up of my conversation with the county election clerk. It's a little concerning. Do we have time or do we want to let somebody else come back to me?
1: Uh, uh, Joseph, did you want to go ahead and um, do that? or?
2: Uh, yes. No, actually, uh, everything you said, Kelly, is uh, spot on. I believe in the state of California, that it, correct me if I'm wrong, they have one9 million signatures for the recall for gavin Newsom, so i think his final days are coming to an end and then the house of cards are collapsing with cuomo the sixth uh female who's alleging that he uh uh, sexually harassed her came out today and so i think cuomo's days are numbered as well and I forget there was one more. Oh, oh, the wonderful uh wicked witch of the west. Oh, well, actually the midwest, uh, Michigan. um Michigan. Whitmer. She's also has a probe uh con- being conducted by the FBI for her also fudging the numbers uh about the uh, COVID deaths in the um hospice facilities. So um I think the United States will be a much better place without a a Governor Newsom, Cuomo, and uh, Whitmer on any given day. That's a start. That's something. But um, um, Kelly, so let's say that um, when they go through the recall process, you think that there's a good likelihood that a Republican governor can get elected in the state of California? being that there's so many disaffected Democrats who've lost all their livelihoods and businesses over there and that a lot of them have had a mass exodus in California over the past year, just like a lot of people have left uh, New York as well and Hawaii, including myself. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Kelly? You're in California. That's your neck of the woods.
4: If there is a incredible, amazing, strong, good leader Democrat, it's going to be hard for uh, any Republican to win. If you have some Democrat it's basically a monkey, or if they just can't find a good Democrat candidate for governor, and there's a really good, amazing, strong Republican, yes, 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 I believe it's possible we can actually get a Republican governor first time in heck of a long time. Um that that is you know, well when uh, was it two thousand three, I wanna guess three or was it four, two thousand four, somewhere in there. Gray Gray Davis, we called him Gray Out Davis, Governor Gray Out Davis got recalled and then Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor or the governor. All right. So um that did happen that a Republican governor happened on a recall. Add in the elements of uh, a lot of of people that think it's cool to be liberal because everybody else is, but they're really not a liberal. When they're suffering the pain of losing their business, yeah. Yeah, if you have uh, a neck-and-neck qualified Democrat, qualified Republican, the COVID could really affect the outcome. Um so yeah, it's 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 definitely possible, assuming we have an honest election. Scratch my head, scratch my head. Um, but yeah, we did it before. I actually knew somebody who ran for governor, her name was Cheryl Blychester. She's been on the show and she's willing to come on the show again. She's gonna run for governor again. But not necessarily to win, but just to make some points. Um and some solutions, so she would yeah, so yeah, someday we'll have to get her on the, on the show because she's got a better pulse too of the scenario and whatever i I can't remember who it was, Fox had him up on 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 the screen uh, a Republican it seems like he could he's got a good chance, but we'll just have to see Because uh, there's a lot of things that kind of change in for you. I mean the other alternative is every, every conservative Leave the state Every liberty minded person leave the state And let California collapse I don't know but anyway, so, they could get Tell
1: you what They they probably should move to the, They should probably move to Texas To make sure Texas doesn't turn blue
4: Well There was one county that Somebody that used to work for Dominion Became the election clerk What do you know That county for the first time in like Eight years turned Democrat. Oh, surprise, surprise. Anyway. Um, all right. Can I read this thing about my communication with the county election clerk?
1: Yeah, go ahead. All
4: right. So people want to get a meeting together. They want to make sure that we don't renew the Dominion contract. All right. My name is Laura. I called the left and said, hey, you know, we're some citizens, and I want to meet and talk with you. That was a message to her. So she called me back. around 4 o'clock. This is on the 8th. And uh, I asked her if she was willing to meet with myself and a number of concerned citizens. She said, here's something COVID-19. I then asked if we could meet in the parking lot. She asked, well, what is this about? I said, I understand that the Dominion contract ends on June 30th, and I was wondering if it is going to be renewed stated, that is my intention. And then after she was willing to meet in the parking lot with a group of concerned citizens, she said she was not interested in the meeting. And she would be going to the Patriot meeting in April. I asked, did you say Patriot? She said Tea Party. I mentioned, well, you know, the Tea Party is not meeting due to COVID-19. She replied, "They are having a meeting in April and, uh, where she will speak there. And she also said, I'll be taking questions there, but only if it relates to CISQ County." She said she's not concerned about what happened in Georgia or elsewhere. I asked her if she saw the Mike Wendell video. She said no, but it's seen other things. And, well, it was all human error. I mentioned the Humboldt County Election Transparency Project. She got, in, she got an email from me on that. She did not recall. I did send her the email. I explained the Humboldt Transparency Project with enough details um, and how it works so that uh, it would – it's a great system, and it would cost them less than $1 per citizen per election because it, pr- it produces digital ballot images available to the public. She then said, oh, Dominion saves digital ballot images. The digital ballot images are like a phone photo that's married to – each image is married to a hand-marked paper ballot. Anyway, but these digital ballot images are confidential for the Secretary of State's memo. I said, well, confidential? She said, yes, I appreciate confidentiality, because I don't want anyone to know how I voted. I replied, look, there's no name on the ballot. There's no number on the ballot, so it's already confidential. And I added, look, isn't that interesting, keeping the digital ballot images confidential when they are already confidential? Does that tell you something? And there was a pause, a big pause, pause. I said, look, I know you work hard and I trust you, but there are vulnerabilities about electronic election systems they concerned me, and I and others wish for assurances of these machines. I know about the OVSTA and all this, but I was sensing, so I was sensing a slightly adversarial tone and possibly a distant, I don't want to talk to you tone. I sensed that this would go where, go nowhere. And then another call came in, and I said, thanks, I got to take this call. And I was I was polite. I was polite during this call, but I'm like, all these problems, all the country are human error there are no machine errors, didn't know our county election clerk is an expert in computer, computer security, that she can make that statement. And the bigger
2: hey,
1: – Kelly, we lost your audio.
2: Uh, no, that was Gavin said Newsom. He was on the call, he, he didn't appreciate our comments. Yeah, he censored him. No, again, Newsom got to him before NSA Bob, so uh we got to be careful what we say on
4: the air. So, anyway, it's just frustrating. One county at a time, if that's what it takes, we have 3,141 counties in this country. Even though it's highly unlikely they'd mess with elections here because we are small potatoes, but still got to do what I can and be an example to the rest of the nation. Hopefully there's other counties all over the country where they're going to be changing these machines because we just can't be doing this without assurances, third-party assurances. But it's even more frustrating when you call, you talk, yeah, no, I don't want to meet. No, 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 no everything's fine. Why? Oh, because such and such said so. Oh, really? So are you a computer security expert? No. Then how do you know these machines are 100% secure, 100% accurate, zero, zero vulnerabilities? Oh, the the um. well, somebody else said they were secure, really? Who told them that? Somebody else? So you're trusting somebody who trusts somebody who trusts somebody who trusts somebody that we don't even know? The local precincts are pretty cool because in the old days when everyone would stay after and count, people knew each other. And they knew who was trustworthy and who was not, and you had eyes on each other to make sure we had an honest election. But this convenience, wonderful convenience of these machines, this is frustrating. Back to you, Robert.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very frustrating. The whole thing has been uh, n- you know, nothing but frustrating, and I don't know if uh, too many people are gonna, are, are going to do much about it. I mean, I just one of my biggest fears don't come true, and that's that, you know, people are just going to go back to their lives and be like, well, I'm just going to take care of, uh, you know, my own, so to speak, and then just let all this stuff go under the table just for them to come around and do it again, and all this time just, you know, destroying America in the process.
2: I don't think you know, that my, will be the
4: case. Well, I, I hope the states the states step up and change this. Oh wait, HR one. The Dems are trying to change it, but the Senate probably gonna filibuster it. So HR one where they're going to vote by mail. This is where things are heading in the next four, eight, ten years is complete vote by mail, but the Democrats, the Republicans are standing up and filibuster, so HR one is probably gonna get shot down, so we're back to the states again. But this uh, – when, when a bunch of us called in to the county supervisors who vote to approve uh, a vote of approval for the election, uh, our county election clerk said, you know, our elections are pretty safe, and they run pretty well. She even said, I wish all states ran their elections like California does. She actually said that to the supervisors. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, if you want to go communist. (laughs) Anyway, back to you. I got, I got to start it. I, I just got to let other people talk.
3: Well, speaking of (laughs) elections, Hong Kong tried to have a local election because they couldn't have anything else because of Xi Jinping, and uh, he decided that. They weren't going to have local elections either, local electoral. So he went in, and he had arrested the people who had conducted the election. And he wants to put them in life for prison. I mean, for for life, (laughs) put them in prison for life. And that's a bad thing because he's broken a treaty that is between Hong Kong and Great Britain, and it's not up until 2045. But he didn't care. He went in anyway. So, between Hong Kong and uh, Taiwan, you know, strategically, geographically, those were our buffers um, between China and us. And so, if Joe Biden plays his cards the way he's headed as far as um, starting wars, well, then we might see a, a, something happen with that jumping off, you know, in the near future because Xi Jinping is getting aggressive and his takeover, claiming land, you know, it was Uh-oh. theirs, but then it wasn't. And so, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, he had those people arrested for life because of an election. Unbelievable. Wow.
1: Arrested for life?
3: Yes, sir. People were comparing it to Tenement Square, and I, I just thought that was ridiculous because Tenement Square, not even. I mean, it's terrible that those people got arrested, but Tenement Square was a bloody mess. <laughs> they ran over people with tanks. They shot them down. They didn't care. They didn't have them protesting.
1: Well, I'd say it was. I mean, that's one of the thing we've been saying here a lot is, as I do, I think the Democrats have, have, have bought us closer to being like, you know, Communist China or even, you know, run by the Nazi Germany than any time in our American history. I mean, they really are. They really have.
3: Absolutely. And they have, you know, operatives, or we believe, I believe anyway, just because of the what we've been hearing with the reports coming from our intelligence agencies that they have infiltrated, you know, many parts of our country already, leadership positions as far as influencing leaders. And I just think it's very interesting that Mitch McConnell, shortly after his wife's investigation had concluded, that she didn't have any um, pay-for-play things going on, so she was cleared that shortly after he announced his retirement. So I wonder what, what went on there as far as so, um, yeah, Mitch, we're going to let you go, but you got to retire. We can't let you stay. Otherwise, we're going to have to <laughs> arrest you and your wife or something like that. So he opted to, to retire. And they said it was because he was ill. It had to do with bruises on his hands. But it was just too coincidental. I don't know. I don't know.
4: Did you say bruises on his hands or blood on his hands?
3: Bruises. Like, he's having heart issues. So, oh, the, his blood my, circulation Did you say McConnell? Yes. Did
1: he, he didn't say... I, I have heard anything about him retiring.
3: You haven't? That's been the buzz. Yeah. How, how did I and miss that? Pissing. I have
1: heard anything about that. I
3: mean... Yeah, it, he's I, working I, on his, his successor. He's working on his successor already as far as uh who is going to... Possibly choose uh, from, yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> how did I not get, how did I not see that? I'm not seeing that anywhere, and I'm like always watching the news. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I'll post a uh, link in the chat room to the article.
1: Huh. I have not seen anything about that. I can't believe I miss it. I'm constantly, I mean, that's all I ever do. <laughs> it's about work working. And- that's sitting for watching OAN or Newsmax occasionally Fox still, but not nearly as much as I used to. And I thought maybe it'd be more about him uh, knowing that after his antics, he's going to find he's going to find that he, he's not going to be able to win his next primary. But it may very well be more nefarious than that.
3: Yep, I know. There was kind of rumor about it, and um, and then now that he's looking at who will be his successor, I'm trying to think of his name right now because I was kind of shocked that he was retiring, and then I thought, okay, they just announced his wife was in the clear, so I wonder what went on there. <laughs> so, wow. I getting that link. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, wow. That's um... – Well, you know, I figured that if you're in politics that long, you, you know, you've probably done something uh, that could get you in trouble. That's my thought on it. If, you know, if you've been in politics that long, you, you probably have, have done something at some point that could get you in a lot of trouble. I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think
0: so.
3: I intend to agree with you. <laughs> they just just getting their clicks and they get you comfortable.
1: Robert. Yeah. So
2: back to what you were saying before, I don't think that's going to be the case where Americans are just going to go back to, um, their normal routine because I don't think anything is going to be normal. If anything. We're going to be more in a crisis by 2022. I mean, the house of cards are falling, uh, even if the other states are beginning to open, reopen again, uh, but Dems are implementing job-killing policies. It's not going to work. Uh, just like Obama's uh, policies for eight years didn't work. So I, 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 I don't see that happening. And I think, in a way, that's good. It's positive because it'll motivate people to continue to stay in the fight. But that's just my, um, that's just my two cents on that.
1: Well, I mean I hope you're right. I mean I hope it's different this time. I mean, of course, we ha- we are in unprecedented times I must say. Um I mean 'cause this is the first time at least in my lifetime I can remember an election being stolen. I mean I heard it's not I've I've heard it's happened before. Um you know, the election's been you know, stolen, not that we um had the technology to actually you know, discover it so close to after the election as we have we have now. Um, I mean, some even say that JFK's election was stolen. I don't know about that one, but well, I certainly, uh, I certainly hope you're, I certainly hope you're right.
2: Um, I wish that was what I wish that were not the case. Uh, as I said uh, many times on this show, it, we're going to have to go through the bad and the ugly before we uh, start, you know turning around in a positive direction, the Dems are not going to make it easy. I mean, kudos to uh, Texas and um, Mississippi and uh, Florida and other states that are already opening. Um, But with the Dems' job-killing policies, it's not going to make a difference. That's going to be the sad reality of the matter. Uh, It isn't going to make a difference. Those policies just don't work in a free market. Uh, in a capitalist uh, market, it doesn't work. It's not. That's why you had eight years of stagnation with uh, Obama. It's just not. So, you know, if we have to go through pain and suffering so that we can ensure that we preserve our constitutional republic, so that we don't lose it, then so be it. You know, what, what's meant to be is meant to but, be.
1: Well, you don't think the 22 I – mean, I mean, I mean, I actually think that the. The uh, the election happened in, in Georgia. I kind I think that one was rigged as well. I mean, don't, 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 do you have concerns that 2022 is just going to be rigged, that the, the Democrats will maintain the House and the Senate?
2: No, I don't. I don't because I see uh, conservatives are going to be uh, putting up uh, a lot of fights uh, legislatively, um, taking it to the courts, uh, having more oversight. Uh, They're going to make sure that it doesn't happen because they know that uh, their their careers are on the line, the future of the country is on the line. I I have confidence they're not going to let that happen. I personally don't think uh, the Georgia Senate races were rigged. Um, I think uh, if you study more about Georgia, Stacey Abrams, who has not conceded uh, her loss in 2018 – She did an amazing job of building a very powerful ground game from 2018 uh, all the way to 2020. So I think the Dems had a much more powerful ground game, and I honestly think that's what attributed to the uh, runoff to the Republicans losing it. I don't believe those were rigged, uh, but But, beyond a shadow of a doubt,
1: the presidential election were rigged. But but you've seen seen the same thing occur – Uh, with the late ballots coming in for the Democrats to win the same way you did during the presidential election?
2: Yeah, the late ballots did come in, but there was uh, no uh, footage of uh, people stuffing ballots from under the tables or any uh, workers that signed affidavits that uh, alleged any improprieties or anything like that, uh, that nature, like they were doing for the, uh, for the Trump team. So um, I, I don't, you know, no one has uh, really uh, implied that there was uh, any, um, any rig uh, when it came to those Senate races. Uh, Like I said, it was a very tight race uh, and it's mostly attributed to the uh, ground game that Stacey Abrams has built uh, in two years uh, from 2018 to 2020 And um, that's where the Republicans need to gain ground in Georgia if they want to get it back into the red column. Uh, But right now, uh, the Dems have uh, outworked the the Republicans' ground game rise. Um, I honestly don't think 2022 is going to happen. I don't think uh, anything is going to get rigged at this point because you have a microscopic lens on the entire process. And uh, the fate of the Republican Party the conservative uh, movement and the fate of our country is at stake. So um, there's just too many eyes on there that are going to make sure that it, uh, history does not repeat itself uh, whatsoever.
3: I would have thought that with the last race that um, Kelly Laughlin and um, that other what to say were running, it was after already the general election, the presidential election. I, If I were them and were cheating, I would have been nervous and said, no, let's not do that. Let's just play it safe and just run it like we're supposed to run it. But they didn't. The same scenario played out with the mail-in ballots coming in at the last minute. (laughs) And because the two Republican candidates were ahead, and then as the night progressed, look, we found another box. Oh, hey, they're all for Democrats. Hey, the winner, Democrats. They have too many people strategically placed in offices and placed in places of, or positions that allow them to get away with that type of thing. I mean, we saw what happened with the election. Every turn that we tried to oppose um, the, the um, final ruling there as far as who won the election, we shut down, shut down, shut down. <laughs> so they, they have no worries. They, they've got it all covered.
1: You know, one one of the last things that uh, I mean, and, and, and again, I, I I hope you're right, uh, Joseph. I really do. one one of, one of the last things that I recall that really stuck to me that Rich Limbaugh said, you know, prior to his his passing, is, and you you could hear how upset he was at his voice. And I, I really hope this didn't add on to his decline. But he said, "Look, folks, we knew," and this this kind of like made my blood run cold when when I heard him say this and he said folks we knew this was coming we knew the, the, the we knew the election was going to be stolen in exactly the way that it was stolen and there is nothing we could have done about it there's nothing we could do about it and that made my blood run cold because I'm like He's right. We did know. We did, we knew exactly how the election was going to be stolen. And they stole it. They did it. Even with us knowing, even with us watching, even with us seeing it it's coming and and they were able to do it. Too so my I mean, now that's one race and maybe it's harder to, maybe it will, it will prove out to be tougher to rig, you know, all you know, much more smaller elections than it would be one larger one. Um but that—that's kind of like where my biggest concern is. Is we know it's coming, and we couldn't do anything about it. I mean, I, I'm guessing, Joyce, if your contention is that they're actually working on doing something about it now. I mean, is—is is that what's giving you, you know, confidence that you know it's not we're not going to have the same result?
2: That is correct, because the existence of the GOP lies in hand, and the GOP has been a, a powerful party. Uh, since 1854 and they realize that they have to do something or they're all out of business and they're not about to lose uh, their party or their power um, especially the establishment i mean over their dead body it's not going to happen and so they realize they have to up the game uh, they realize they have to uh, probably implement uh, other legislation and other reforms and things of that nature but Also, you know, yeah, the whole uh, stake of the party is at, uh, you know, the future of the party is at stake. And they know if they just sit down and do nothing, well, um, good luck if they even make it to the end of their terms. It's not going to happen. They realize that. Um, I think it would be very difficult for the Dems to have rigged the Senate races because you have to look at it in an analytical way. For the Dems to successfully rigged the election like they did with Trump. That was hard to pull off, but they were able to do it because they targeted five specific states in order to do so. Now, if they decided to start rigging Senate races randomly, congressional races, now you're leaving a paper trail. Now, that's something that you can't conceal. That's really, really hard to cover up at that point. And that would take a lot of corruption and a lot of bureaucracy to even accomplish that, which is why, if you look at the up-and-down ballot, uh, Republicans were very successful in the congressional races. Uh, in the senatorial races, um, yeah, I mean they did—they failed in not getting the majority, but they still kept it at a 50-50, uh, and that's because Trump was on top of the ticket. So it, it would be very, very hard probability-wise to rig so many uh, congressional or senatorial elections randomly, and the Dems knew they knew they had to decide do we do we try to rig individual races that would tip the balance of the Senate or the House, or do we go for the the Holy grail, which was the presidential one, which was the most important one for their agenda, and they went for the most important one, and they went for uh, they went for the trump uh, uh, the Trump-Pence team, and they succeeded, and they only succeeded because they targeted five states. They targeted the states that Donald Trump needed to w- win uh, to get re-election, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, and uh, – yeah, what are the other states? Pennsylvania, Michigan, Michigan
1: Wisconsin, Arizona, uh, Georgia,
2: <laughs> No, no. Uh, no,
1: Arizona,
2: Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and I forget what was the fifth. It was North Carolina? Was Georgia. No, no, it was Georgia. It was Georgia. Georgia? Yeah, there was one of those two, but I thought it was Georgia, yeah. Yeah, it was Georgia. Correct. Uh, but Trump needed to win Pennsylvania again. He needed to win Michigan again. He needed to take Wisconsin again. Uh, He needed to keep Georgia in the red column, because remember, Georgia was in the red column in 2016, and he needed to carry those five states. He needed to keep Arizona in the red column, which he didn't. Um, Well, we all know that was rigged. And so it was a lot easier for them to target those five states versus they didn't need to target your traditional red states that were very easy to uh, carry, or your traditional blue states, but to accomplish the rig that they did. I mean, if they would have tried to tamper with more states, hypothetically, it would have left too much of a paper trail. At that point, you really can't cover it up. It's really hard to do so.
1: let's say what, there's uh the uh, it, it just amazes me I, the, the, the liberals and the Democrats have to be absolutely blind. It, it, it just amazes me how anyone can watch Biden and think he's so smart, and so intelligent, and, and things of that nature. And they're really touting this 1.9 you know $1.9 trillion dollar package. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know what, what fools you know what what fools these people are. It's just it's just unbelievable how how much fools they are. It's like yeah, everybody's glad that oh they're going to get a fourteen hundred dollar check. But the point with that is, is you know what? If all that money would have gone to the people instead of all their special interests and stuff like that, I mean, each person could have got a six thousand dollar check with all the money that they're uh, that they're spending. It's, it's ridiculous how people can think oh. Biden's so smart. He he could go down as the best president ever. It's gonna be, be kind of hard for somebody to be the president ever when he's not even gonna be in the office for a year. Well, but it might interest
0: you. One fact- thing we need
1: to learn is to, not, is to not waste our time on these liberals. Liberals are a lost cause. They are. I mean, it's it's not even worth it's it's not even worth talking to them anymore. You can't, you can't you can't convince them. You can't talk to them. Um, the only The only thing we you could do to liberal anymore is just defeat' them and defeat' them utterly mhm yeah you, you
4: know I don't know why
3: they said that there wasn't anything that we could do to stop them from what they did, and that's because in on October back in October on the twenty eighth twenty twenty heritage had put out um an article and they were talking about um the amount of lawsuits that uh Democrats were filing in these states um to change the laws, and um, he said, or they say, that they've been piling up, um, and the court's decisions and appeals have been coming out at a dizzying state or a dizzying rate, and they were still trying to change the rules um, in the middle of the election, um, and that would make it easier to commit fraud and to manipulate election results, Um, not unlike a college football coach persuading the referees to change the rules in the in the middle of a of a bowl game to make it to make sure that they earn or that they win um anyway so, so the heritage talks about the, these lawsuits that were being filed in south carolina ohio texas florida um in south carolina it was witness requirements for absentee balance ohio and texas was ballot uh drop box locations florida it was registration deadlines and that's a, just to name a few so had republicans Or the president had his attorneys in these lawsuits say why they shouldn't be allowed to change those election laws at such a close rate to the election and even in the middle of the election. I don't think we would have had such a hard time as we did because we would have been in court side by side with these guys that wanted to change the, the laws so that basically they would win.
4: Yeah, I, I I wish things would have been more clean or transparent, but we have what we have right now. That's just the way it is. Frustrating. I I've been wondering for years what is it going to take to change to get an honest, accountable election system. Uh, we had Dave Getz on the show. We should get Dave Getz as well as. Uh, um, What's your name, Chris? Chris from Kentucky. And see what kind of progress they've been making and what they've seen. So yeah, it's just kind of uh, what does it take? What is going to take to true up our election? I I don't know. I don't know. We'll just wait and see, I guess. Um, you know, somebody told me once about environment. You know, the far left and the environmentalists. And he was actually a liberal, except he loved his guns. Um, but he said, ah, oh, envi- environmentalists, you can't shoot them, but you can compost them.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kelly, you anyway. stole my line again. Kelly, can't take my <laughs> That was my line. That was my line. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was talking to Senator Mark Kelly. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm getting the Biden, the memory thing,
4: you know. You know, the thing before the thing before
2: it became a thing? You get it?
4: No? Not really? No? What, the thing, the thing, the, and the, the other thing?
2: I think so. I think the thing before it became a thing when it was a thing and then it became a thing. As Joe Biden would would say infamously. Yeah, I think so. No. I don't know. His handlers let him out this week. That's interesting. There was an article, and it literally said his handlers let him out. And I was about to say who let the dogs out because uh, I heard his German Shepherds were pretty aggressive. But imagine, it says his handlers let him out. It's kind of funny. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's as if he's the lapdog of the left. But, um, yeah, uh, I think he has a timeout. I don't think he did a really good job. I don't think his handlers were not too happy, but hopefully Gensaki didn't have a coronary. God forbid she'll go down in the issue. He's probably one of the worst White House press secretaries we've ever had. Hey, at least Sean Spicer made it to Dancing with the Stars.
1: <laughs> yeah, now he's on Newsmax.
4: Well, oh, I wonder when Biden's going to come out and do his public uh, uh, State of the Union or some kind of public anything. Uh, I wonder when that's gonna happen. Cause my neighbor tells me it's this is the longest president in our in in since the 1800s. This is the longest that a president has come out and spoken public. Yeah, okay, just another. Well, that's what's
2: going on, guys. I thought he was born in the 1800s. That's why he was so old. I don't know. Is that why he's forgetting oh. his memory? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But um, no, I mean, what has he done in 47 years? It's it's really sad. And, and, and they, the left and the mainstream media wants us to believe that that guy, the thing before the thing, won more votes than any other president in history. Right. And, Robert, I have a unicorn on my balcony as we speak as well, too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah really? Being the guy who campaigned in the
2: He campaigned in the basement I hope Jason Voorhees And Freddy Krueger wasn't down there as well That guy Who couldn't get 10 people to a rally His rallies had about Maybe three cars in the lot And they were beeping their horns And you could barely hear them Yeah, that guy won 81 million votes Sure, and Ronald Reagan Still speaks to me in my dreams Mm-hmm Yes.
3: You know, there is Absolutely. one advantage that we have as, as a conservative group anyway, or any group for that matter. We have, we have people who are upset with the government, okay? That's conservatives, that's, you know, liberals, that's the left. You know, people are disenfranchised, but they just don't realize that that's the one thing that they have in common. Whether or not you're right or left or middle or anything else, for that matter – we all have a grievance for the most part with the government and the corruption that is going on. So instead of fighting about being a Republican or a conservative or a Democrat, we need to, you know, get together as far as share that one thing in common and work together, you know, however it may be and happen to, um, to shut down the government or, you know, as far as replace the people or whatever it has to take. But that's the one thing we have in common. Because you have a group of people that is not on the left or the right. They just hate government, period. And, well, we all know that we do need some form of government, but at least for the time being, the enemy of my enemy is my friend for the moment because that person is an ally, strength in numbers. But if we're all packed in different groups and working against each other, we're right where they want us. And I so that common ground is important. Completely. I
2: completely agree. we need to work on what currently unites us and uh to take on the enemy and then instead of uh creating all these labels and these names and these titles of who's more conservative, who's more republican, how about who's more American? who cares about their country? who wants to save their country, and who's willing well, to unite to on that front Well, so I agree
3: really, with you not, up until that so point. America anymore. Right. I agree with you up until that point of the American because because you're right, Robert, as far as they hate America. But because they hate the government and America, we take the government part and we work with that. Not the whole kumbaya thing, but the part that we at least is, hey, you hate it, we hate the government, the corruption that's going on. Let's work together on that part. And then afterwards you can go back to hating us and we can go back to hating you. But <laughs> so, yeah, yes. Uh, Joseph, as far as up until that point, I totally agree.
2: Sure. but well, we also have 81 million Americans who are patriots, who are loyal to their country, who want their country to succeed, and to have distrust in government. Actually, I think in, more than in any point in history, mo- this is the highest level of distrust in government ever. You I, I, I can't blame anyone, right? Especially after 81 million votes were disenfranchised. So we still have a large segment of over more than half the country who are true patriots, who do care about their country, who do realize that you know, the first agenda works, needs to continue working, but at the same time does have that level of distrust in government. And um, hey, we outnumber the enemy. More than half of us do, easily.
3: True, true. But you gotta if we if we approach it from the guise of we're we're saving our country, you know, and this is the right thing to do is to return to constitutional republic and yada yada, which is what actually we're working for, but if we approach it from that side and try and get others to join us because they believe it's corrupted, well they're gonna say, Well, yeah, but we would join you except for the fact that we don't want what you guys are going after too, as far as the whole replacing the government and you know, patriotic or patriotism and all, we're not, we're not about that. We just hate the government. It's like, okay. Um, so, you know, you you are almost opening the door for um, more, more, what do you call it? Discourse, uh, more opposition. So it's got to be a united one thing, get the government corruption out, get the people in government out um, working together and, and we'll just go from there.
0: So I mean, I'd
2: love to what see I've that created? happen, but, but Robert, I think you would agree we're more divided than ever, and those divisions are going to be really, really hard. Um, you're either on one side or the other. There's no mutual assent, and I think Robert was alluding to this e- even before the election and after the election. And so – It'd be nice to see that happen, but is it realistic? Is it pragmatic? I don't know. We're just more divided as each day goes by, and as the house of cards is falling, and everything is kind of collapsing, and there's more uncertainty. Um, I, I think we're at a point where you know there's just two sides. You're either the you're either for America or you're against, and if you're against America, you're the enemy. And uh, I think that's why Democrats. Want to deprogram us, or they call us the basket of deplorables, is because they fear mm-hmm. us because we outnumber them. And mm-hmm. if that's what's needed to save our country, then so be it. I've learned in my experience that you're never going to win over the enemy. Mm-hmm. President Trump could have come over, could have uh, came up with a cure for cancer tomorrow and COVID, wouldn't make a difference in the world. His sure. enemies are going to hate him no matter what. That that that's not going to change. But there's 81 million of us, more than half of us, who overwhelmingly voted for President Trump because he put America first, and we've been disenfranchised. And at this point, if we don't hold the lines, if we don't continue the fight, if we don't follow in Trump's direction, we will have no constitutional republic. And I agree with Robert, and he said this on many times on many shows. Hey, you voted for Biden. I don't want to know you. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're an enemy. You're an enemy of this country. Because for the very first time in the democratic history, they actually told us what they were going to do. They actually told us what they stood for. When for hundreds of years, they hid that. I don't know how anyone can coalesce around that. They basically spewed hatred and anti-American sentiment. Mm-hmm. and both, and so there, if 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 you voted for that faction, I, there's no mutual cent for me. There's none. Well, They're the useful you idiots. Will... Pretty much. Pretty much.
3: I think you well, mentioned so... that before, and you know they they know not what they do because they are idiots, and that makes them useful to to the left, to Democrats that are in office that they maintain their power. But let me give you an example. This weekend, this past weekend, Saturday, there was uh, people in front of Trump Tower uh, rallying for Trump, and there were people that showed up. And then also the opposing, the Democrats that showed up, to, of course, to oppose them. But there was a person doing an interview. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube because uh, I watched it live. Anyway, um, so he was doing interviews, and he was asking people, so what are you doing here? What, you know, what are you here for? and because trump sucks you know <laughs> and he says um he says i, I understand that uh, trump supporters are here um because they not only support the president but they are um unhappy with the corruption that's going on in our government right now what do you think about that and they're like yeah corruption sucks it is like okay i like that and then he's then they started going back to you know trump sucks trump sucks and he's like all right um any more last comments and Course, you couldn't get any more last comments. But at least that was one person that could get on board with the corruption. And that's kind of what gave me a little bit of hope and why I said what I said. But um, as far as finding that one thing in common and forget the rest, put that, you know, if we can get that behind us for the moment so that we can tackle the corruption. And, of course, we're always going to oppose each other. That's just, we but, think but he, differently. <laughs> here's my
1: here, here's my take on that. What well, You know, because, I mean, as much as I hate social media, and I do hate social media, um, is one thing I've discovered by being on it so much um, is that the people on the left, they don't care – That the government is corrupt as long as it's promoting their agenda. They don't care it's corrupt. They don't care. They, they, them winning the election by, by crook, doesn't bother them, at all. They are they, they are not principled. That's one of the reasons why, and I've said this for years, and you know it. That's why they are actually able to coalesce and and vote you know pretty much down party line because democrats really aren't principled they're ideologues you know it's it's not about morals it's not about what's right it's not about it's not about any type of principle it's about their agenda and if if they have to kill babies or if they got to cheat an election if they have to take somebody out, then in order for their agenda to be, you know, enhanced, then they're going to do it. They don't care. They don't care that they won by cheating the election. They they don't. They don't care. They don't care about. They don't care how corrupt Washington D.C. is because Washington D.C. is benefiting their agenda, and so they don't care. That's why they're the enemy of the people, because they're not principled. That's why they're able to to, to vote party line, because the, at least people in the Republican Party stand behind their principles. They don't have any principles. It's not about principles for them. It's about their, you know, again, it's about their agenda. That's all it's about, and, and they'll do whatever they need to do, by cro- hook or by crook, to uh, enhance their you know their their agenda. That that's all it is. And that's why and that's why I th- say that the the left they're not they're not patriots because they're, they're my favorite one of my favorite quotes is uh, I remember uh, and I'll give you a little backstory on this is that we got. Uh, yeah, you know, I got this little, you know, beer cozy, right? That you, you put your can of beer, or bottle of beer in. That I got for Father's Day the year I started the show, and, you know, I, I was interesting at the time that my my daughter gave it to me for Father's Day, and she was only six at the time. She was eighteen now. She was only six at the time, and and she gave me this cozy, and it's had a quote on it, and it was really the the timing of it was was serendipitous because what I was going through at the time was a, a lot of people were really mad at me and call me a traitor and, and because I wasn't supporting Romney in 2012. And I said, well, I can't support Romney. I spent months railing on the guy during the 2012 you know primary that when it taped for the general election, I, I couldn't support Romney. I was interviewing mm-hmm you know, third-party candidates and and, and touting third parties. Right. And she gave me this this cozy, right, and it it really struck home to me because the quote is, a man's country is not a certain area of land, of mountain, river, and woods, but it is a principle. And patriotism is loyalty to that principle. And I still have, I mean, you know, almost a decade later, I still have that cozy. It sits on my desk, you know, face me every day. And, and that quote's by George William Curtis. And one of the reasons why that's significant is, you know, at least for me back then, is he was one of the founders of the Republican Party who left the Republican Party because the way, you know, they manipulated the primaries. … in order for their chosen candidate to, you know, to be the nominee, much like what the, the Republican Party did in 2012 for Romney to be the nominee. And so the, you know, as I said, it was serendipitous that she gave me that. But that's what I'm saying is that Democrats and liberals – not even all Democrats, but liberals and leftists, um, they're not patriots because they, they're not patriots because they have no principles. Now, principles aren't even necessarily morals. Principles is an, you know, is, is what you'll stick to. It's, it's it's not, you know, it's it's not an agenda. It's it's what you will, you know, what you will keep yourself from doing to have your agenda. You won't do just anything to promote your agenda, but they will. They'll they'll do it. They don't have any principles. They'll do everything. They don't have a. They don't have a code of. I don't think they have a code of conduct. Hey, Robert. I mean, they'll to, – to promote their, their agenda. Hey, Robert. Go
4: ahead, Kyle. Okay. Oh, I want to stick up for some Democrats. For example, Katie, who works at the – Well, I said I, did, I,
1: I changed it and said liberals or leftists. It's not all Democrats. But go ahead.
4: It's not all Democrats. Katie is a wonderful sweetheart of a lady, and she's very wise and sound and gracious. She's just been a Democrat for a long, long time, but she did, I believe, switch over to Republican uh, this last election. There's some people that have been Democrats for a long time because their parents were Democrats, and well, they are I understand
1: that's why she left. Uh, not uh, changed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you will –
4: you go to the leftist communist wing of the Democrat Party. There you will find. Um, there you will find Marxist ideology. Call it progressivism, socialism, or communism. Doesn't matter. It all comes from Marx. You have the soul. Walensky rules for radicals. The ends justifies the means. And you have people that actually will cheat. And. They have some morals. Their morals are that Marxism is better than everything else because the Republicans are so evil, and, they're, and they have their corporations. So you know what? The Democrats are letting the corporations run their party too. Sorry. Both parties guilty. Anyway, so there are – I mean I've, I've had Democrat clients. I've had – even dated a Bernie Sanders girl for a while. kind of knew that wouldn't last too long.
1: Anyway – they, but you know what they say, Kelly. They, you know what they say. You date a, you date a liberal, you marry a conservative.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, <whatever. laughs> anyway, we
4: had some really good conversations. And another guy I know named Paul, he's definitely a liberal. But they have – you know, John Brakey's been on the show. He's a Democrat. And he really believes in an honest election. He's He's favoring socialism. You know, but I, I trust him when he did the, the Wisconsin recount. He found modems. I've mentioned him before in the show. Good guy. One of the reasons why they um, appear so bad is that they care. They actually do care about people, but they want to use forced
0: compassion.
4: They want your money to help somebody else. It's like, wait, who, who earned the money? Well, I did, and why are you trying to take it from me? Through force of government, it's called force of compassion. Katie is a very, obviously, very compassionate, caring, loving person. She does have principles because obviously she saw what was going and how left the Democrats were going. She got out. Ronald Reagan got out. Ronald Reagan said, "I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me." So I would encourage being very careful, but yeah, the far leftist Marxist, I'll agree with you. The ends justify as their means. That's their how-to book and how to do this. Um, there are some Republicans that cheat too. The last couple of congressmen they got indicted by a federal grand jury were Republicans. One out of New York State, one out of Southern California. We do have problems with corruption in this period. And even the Libertarian Party's got problems because we're all human. Well, can we hold each other accountable? Yeah. But it's encouraging to see when people are jumping off the Democrat ship and getting to another party, be it Republican or Libertarian. Mm-hmm. So we're we're not going to win too many people over by being accusatory. But, you know, so my, my my daughter has went a little bit left. I'm like, okay, well, just some patience here. You know, Winston Churchill said if you're not a liberal by the time you're 20, you don't have a heart. If you're not a conservative by the time you're 30, you don't have a brain.
1: <laughs> and, you know. The, then, I, then then I'm okay with my daughter not having a heart. Go ahead, Kelly.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, <laughs>
3: this generation coming up, we have an entire generation that's being that's been and being – brainwashed to leftist liberal ide- ideology, as you said, um, to believe and strongly believe, and they're you know bombarded because everything outside of school is just reinforced with everything that they watch on television or listen to on radio or anything else that surrounds their little environments is just inundated with you know confirming and affirming everything that they're being told. And so even more so now with this whole uh, thing going on in school where they're telling kids that whiteness, white privilege is bad. Uh, if you're white, you're a, you're a bad person. Um, and well, yeah, you're a
1: white supremacist <laughs> just because you're white.
3: Yes. And, I mean, good grief. They're messing with these children, and they have, you know, as far as the damage that they're doing emotionally to them, if and when they ever discover the truth, because from, you know, from cradle to grave, as far as they're concerned, you know, we're bra- keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And keep people that, who they believe are credible or authoritative um, in their little sphere they listen to or celebrities that promote that same ideology. And so they can't get away from it. <laughs> and so we're losing an entire generation. The generation before that, there were some that actually had brains. And so that's who we are here as far as, um, you know, people who think. <laughs> but um, then there were others that, that fell victim. So, uh, you know, what do you do with that when you have an entire generation that you have to, to contend with?
2: But there's, there's a game changer here. There's a game changer, and it's COVID. And I'm telling you, most loyal Democrats and Democratic strongholds such as New York, Illinois, Michigan, um, Pennsylvania, Hawaii, California. Those have been strongholds for a long time. A lot of those loyal Dems who lost everything because of COVID, I can guarantee you there's not going to be one single victim of COVID who've either lost their business or their home or their livelihood. Or Right now, as we're speaking are still fighting with the teachers' unions to get their kids back in the classrooms, I can guarantee you there's not one soul that's going to say, I want anything to do with the Democratic Party. They were the cause of losing everything, everything I had. And those are the disaffected Democrats for the most part. That's why Donald Trump was able to win 10 million more votes than he had in 2016 – you have a lot of disaffected Democrats who came out in November and said, I gave you 40 years of my loyalty and your policies ended my business, or I was paying a mortgage for 30 years, I got foreclosed on, or ended my livelihood, or my, my kids are in the streets, or a year later, next, next week will we'll mark a year that the president trump shut down the country a year later we're still fighting with teacher unions because they don't want to go back into the classrooms and they don't want to teach that's, the kids that's so a good thing at the end of the day, yeah it 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 it's it, it, it's sad though it it really is and and most of this is happening in in liberal strongholds which Suzette, you could attest to this especially in california um, especially the la schools uh you have some pretty horrible comments that the teacher unions made, especially in, in the LA County earlier this week uh, about why they feel they don't have to go back into the you know, school with the classrooms. So the game changer is COVID. There may be a few Dems that are left, but I can guarantee you any Dem, and when I say Dem, I mean whether they want to label themselves as a Democrat or a liberal or progressive, it's pretty much all the same. I can guarantee you, you're not going to find one dem that's going to say, I'm a dem if they were a victim of COVID. You're not going to find it. If you do, I'll send you all gift cards for Ruth's Steakhouse. That, that is my word, is my bond. You're not going to find anyone who was screwed over by COVID in these draconian lockdowns and measures that are going to say, oh, yeah, it's okay. I lost my business for 30 years, but ah, it's okay, Gavis and News, uh Newsom, you still have my vote, or Como you still have my vote? No. As a matter of fact, in droves, in mass exodus, they left in big numbers states like California, states like New York, states like Illinois, states like Hawaii. They left in mass numbers. The people who actually had common sense said, I'm not going to stay here and lose everything that I have. So they took their chips and they left. I sadly had to leave Hawaii. I didn't want to, but I had no choice when the economy tanked because of the um, liberal governors deciding to shut down the whole entire state and our tourism. So I can guarantee you the very few Democrats, because they don't have an energized base, I think that's fair to say. You don't have people running into the streets with euphoria about Biden and Harris. Actually, you have more euphoria in mexico with people with the t-shirts saying biden let me in (laughs) than you did with people up to his rallies which is kind of really ironic you got more people from another country that are rah-rah biden than you have americans let's just face it if you have to ask a or a democrat where is your energy for biden and harris they they have none you you don't see them busting out the t-shirts and mass numbers and busting out the bumper stickers Neither did you see it during, during the general election. You didn't see it. There is no enthusiasm. They don't have any. Right. So if there are a few left. There are very few because a lot of people's livelihoods were messed with. And the majority of these people are people who gave loyalty to the Democratic Party probably their whole entire life and couldn't believe that their own party turned on them and they lost everything. And that's the angst that I feel for the American people. They're losing everything. And at that point, there is no loyalty to party anymore. It's, it's loyalty to country and it's survival of the fittest. It's human nature. You know. And it's what I've been saying on the show for months is when you start to tap into the livelihoods of your loved ones and you can't feed your children and you can't clothe them and you can't provide them shelter well, at that point, human nature kicks in your, your survival instincts, and at that point, there is no loyalty to party. This is, this is no longer about the Democrat. It's about, hey, you are taking food away from my children, and whoever you are, whether you're on the left or the right, I'm holding you accountable. And so there's a big block of disaffected Democrats that were Dems for a long time until their own party – took away everything they worked for. And so for the very few Democrats that are out there, they are so out of touch with reality because they're the lucky ones. They haven't been affected by COVID. They haven't lost everything or their parents haven't lost everything. So they have the luxury to sit there and say, I'm proud to be a dem, but I bet if I were to ask him, could you tell me why? What makes you proud to be a Democrat in today's age? I bet they couldn't they couldn't articulate it into a logical argument, could they? I bet the only thing they'd be able to say is, oh, well, that's because I'm not a white supremacist, xenophobic, uh, basket of deplorables, <laughs> yeah. uh, racist, like um, like Donald Trump was. But they won't be able to articulate, well, no, I'm a proud Democrat because we stand for ABCD&E, and, and it's working for the American. No, they can't say that. They can't say face. And that's the ironic thing, because I do go on Facebook, and I go to the liberal sites, And it's pathetic because there's no substance there. All they have is like hate posts. Oh, we hate white Republicans and white supremacists. Oh, we're proud to be Dems. But they can't say why. You get what I mean? They can't even say why. And so there really is no Democratic Party anymore. So really, Dems is the same as liberals, is the same as progressives. It's all the same. It's just a different word behind it. Because any dem who had a brain, and um, there were a lot of Democrats who were not stupid, who had a brain. There were a lot of hardworking Democrats who built businesses from, from nothing, from the, from, from the bottom, and they lost everything. <laughs> and then they turn around and they say, wow, we gave our loyalty to the party, we donated to the party, and they did it to us? Yes. And no, and I do feel sorry for those people. I do, because they're my fellow Americans. And I give them credit for doing the right thing, which wasn't easy. And on November the 3rd, they showed up and they said, this is not about the right. This is not about the left. This is about holding the son of a gun's responsible who took away everything and it never had to come to this. We're voting country above party. A vote for Trump was a vote for country above party. A vote for Trump was a vote for America first, and a big block of those were disaffected Democrats. So for the very few Democrats out there that have no energy and enthusiasm for the Kamala Biden regime, they have none. If you were to ask him why do you support them, they'll probably say,
0: oh, well, because,
2: you know, she hit the glass ceiling. She's the first, uh, you know um, – female vice president in history or whatever, will throw the race card at it. Uh, But they can't give you substance, can they? They're not energetic. But mark my word, two years from now, not because I wish it, trust me, I'm not a sinister person, but two years from now, you're going to have a lot more disaffected Democrats because, ladies and gentlemen, things are just going to get worse before they get better. That is the reality of the matter. And the policies that the Harris and Biden regime are continuing to implement are job-killing policies. They don't work in a free-market capitalist society. They don't work. That's why for eight years under Obama, we had one of the worst economies in modern history and eight years of stagnation. It doesn't work. So regardless of whether – if tomorrow all 50 governors decided to open – All of the states, if they decided to open all 50 states, it wouldn't make a difference because those job-killing policies stand in the way. And until we can get rid of those policies, we have a big problem, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Earlier this week, Love's Bakery,
2: a bakery that's been in Hawaii for 170 years went bankrupt. Kaneohe Bakery, that was a bakery for 70 years in Hawaii, went bankrupt. The state of Hawaii is in free fall. All the economists in New York are saying, this time, New York can't rebound. It's beyond the point of no return. And I think it's fair to say the same thing for California and the same thing for Illinois. COVID is the point of no return, and that's the sad reality. Not because I wish it, of course not but that is the reality we are facing. So in two more years from now, you're going to have a lot more disaffected Democrats because, trust me, when it starts to hurt your wallet, when you start to have hunger pains, when you no longer have shelter and clothing, you see how quickly you'll, you'll, you'll say to yourself, wait a minute, what's more important, food, shelter, or loyalty as to the Democratic Party? And I guarantee you, almost anyone will say, uh, "No, I'll take the food. I'll take the shelter. The hell with you, Dems. You threw me in this position. I can't even call myself a Dem anymore." And I'll refer
1: back to you. Well, well I, certainly so, right. yeah. uh, I certainly hope you're right. I certainly hope uh, you're right, Joseph. Because I tell you what, um, I, I like your, I, I like your. Uh, Prognostication catch better than my when it comes to that. I mean, I think it's a shot. I mean, um, you know, especially if we're able to keep it where they they can't cheat again, frankly. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, I certainly it, yeah, if we're able to keep uh, keep them, you know, from cheating, and you know, keep uh, you know enough truth out there where you know people aren't going to listen because you know that the media is just going to lie again. Uh, as they did, you know, you know, for the the 2020 and frankly the the 2018 election. Um, I mean, that's what all that whole Russian bull bull crap was about, was to affect the effect of 2018 election, and, and so. But ho- yeah, hopefully people. I mean, my only hope in that is, you know, and I like your scenario better than mine, but I hope, uh, you know, people just you know wake up, you know, you know wake up to it. But I, I think it's a chance. Of being uh because again, I don't. Here's where I see 2024. I know that's four years out, but um, I mean, I, again, I don't think Biden's going to last a year. Kamala Harris, I mean, she can barely win. She can barely get past Iowa, so I really can't see her being able to win a you know, and and they won't primary her because then they'll be screaming racism if they do. Um, so they won't primary her. And I just don't think she's got the gravitas to win a presidential election. Frankly, no matter who the Republicans put up. And the, I think the only way they could win in twenty twenty four, frankly, is to cheat again. Because I don't think that by then, I don't think they'll have COVID to fall back on.
2: I think that's uh, that's a fair analysis.
0: Um, I really hope so.
1: I've been kind of comparing this administration with the Carter, with what happened in the Carter administration. That's how I kind of see see things. I think this might be very well turn out to be the next Carter administration.
4: Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, pain. Pain is known as the precipice of change. And when people have lost their businesses, they've got to look. Okay. Okay. What's going on? How did this happen? I mean, it's devastating to lose your business. Devastating, especially, you know, if you're if – I mean, it hurts women, too, to run a business and have a crash. But men seem to have their identity in their work. A lot of men do. And making people happy and clients happy and all this kind of stuff and doing an excellent job and blah, blah, blah. I'm actually working while we're talking, by the way. Anyway, but when people are like, what happened? So what What's um, important here is if, if you're a Democrat strategist, okay, and we've got to get Dr. Haneli on about this COVID thing because you'd be shocked at what they've discovered and how much um, information and it's – some say it's a pandemic, Yes, COVID is real, but they misreported to the CDC changing the reporting methods. But anyway, so people have all this pain. And they're going to be rethinking everything. That is our opportunity to bring in some more traditional American ideals, the Constitution, freedom, and liberty. And uh, a lot of Democrats, when they're thinking about changing, they're going to start to figure some things out. For example, I see, they got to overcome the propensity the Democrats do, and I'm I'm saying not all, but Some of these far-left Democrats, hate is a wonderful weapon for them. Fear and hate, fear and hate. And so when some people start thinking because they're in pain, they're like, you know, I heard that Donald Trump was the one who caused COVID. Uh, No, he didn't cause COVID. Well, yes, he did. Right? Because he he didn't do enough quickly. Oh, he, he did a bunch of things to stop the Chinese from coming in. He was even called uh, racist and all sorts of names by Pelosi et al. Oh, you're being racist by not letting the Chinese in. Well, still, he didn't do enough. Well, we got the vaccine out and other other things he did. Um, Oh, he shut the states down. See, when when they start realizing that Trump did it constitutionally in allowing the states to make their own decisions – these Democrats that are in pain are going to be like, oh, I didn't think about it. Yeah, the Constitution, federal government doesn't have much power you know, compared to states' rights, because that's the way the country was formed. Um, they're going to be like, oh, I've been lied to. Yeah, it's up to the governors. Look what the governors did. And there's going to be studies that will come out that will basically say, oh, let's look at South, South Dakota. Uh, Christy Knoll, is that her name? Knowles? Knowles? no she said i as governor i do not have the constitutional authority to declare what business is essential and what business is not texas opened up and uh was it uh, mississippi other states are, are opening up full on now and um what do you know we made it a year and we all didn't die well wait a minute did they just put a lot of fear into us because it's one thing to because when COVID started coming out, I was watching videos and things like that. The 1919 Spanish flu, people were dying like flies. I'm not kidding. They had to have mass graves in Baltimore, Philadelphia, etc. Uh, worldwide, easily 40 million, some say 80 million. It's hard to know. It's the whole reason why you know, World War One ended because the Germans suffered horrifyingly from um, the Spanish flu or the swine flu. And they couldn't they couldn't run their war machine anymore. They couldn't build – people weren't showing up the factories. They sued for peace. That was really the major cause of the end of World War One. And so when you start studying some history, in the last year, why well, haven't been people dying like lies, just like the 1919? Oh, it's because of masks and six-foot. And Come on, people. People are going to start realizing I've lost my business. I've been lied to. They use fear and hate to like me. They're going to be pretty upset. Uh, by the way, the Libertarian Party is having a massive uh, growth in California. It's real interesting what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, so this is a prime opportunity for maybe somebody who lost their business and they their Democrat to be their friend, maybe throw out some things. Yeah, like the governor's over the wanted to shut things down, not Trump. Well, uh, he allowed the virus. No, he shut it down right away, and Nancy Pelosi opposed him. What? I feel like some people will never believe anything you tell them, and that's, you know what? That's the way it's going to be. But some people, uh, I was talking to a contractor we were looking at a structural steel project, and uh it was early on stages. He he does a lot of work in L.A. with Iron beams and columns and blah, blah, blah. He's been doing it for like 30 years. And he says, you know, I know a lot of liberals in L.A. That they ain't liberals anymore because they lost their businesses from this. Wow. So we we can see some big changes here. Um, I I hope we can be – I mean, yeah, the far-left Marxists, I don't have much patience for them. And they they influence into – a big part of the Democrats, but seeing a number of people I know who have went away from the Democrats, or they're flipping to Republicans or libertarians, like, hey, this is the kind of thing, this COVID uh, thing, uh, this is the kind of thing that, that brings about the pain for change. Pain is a precipice of change. So I guess we're going to see what happens in the next couple of years. Back to you, Robert.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I remember, um, you know, my dad was – we've already heard the term Reagan Democrat, right, Uh, where, you know, they were Democrat up until Jimmy Carter. And then, you know, Jimmy Carter, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the term stagflation – Joseph, you know, so pretty much what you know, people suffered back then as well, and I mean, unfortunately, you know, I can kind of see that happening, uh, you know, in our generation now, where you know, again, again, it happened once with my and my dad's, and maybe it's going to happen here, where you, know, who know, you know, maybe we will see that, uh, Joseph, where you have enough Democrats who are going to be, uh, you know, coming over again, again, not because they. They want to vote for a Republican, but it's to the point where you know who knows like like maybe what Trump said to uh, you know a lot of your you know your black folks. It's like well, what do you got to lose? Vote for me. What do you got to lose? And then uh, I think a lot more uh, blacks came over to vote for Trump. So, so perhaps you know if uh, you get someone who you know get you know get Trump there again, and maybe can, instead of you know reaching out to just you know the minorities reach out to Democrats say look look what you got to lose look what your uh, your Democrats and, and Biden and Harris and you know whoever ends up being <laughs> the president between all of them and in uh, 2024 and say look 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 what they've done to you what what have you uh, got to lose here just think of how the economy was before COVID and how we were able to uh, do better than you know the other nations of the world because we are economy was so strong before, you know, we dealt with with COVID. So you you know, again, uh, just you definitely have a more optimistic uh uh view of what it could be that, than I do, and I certainly I certainly hope you're right. Um but yeah, I mean, that I guess we have to be to try the way to wait get. But the thing is is that's why I mentioned leftists earlier is I mean, if there's some central, you know, Even center-left Democrats out out there, you know, that may actually would vote for a Republican, but I would say the ones who are hardcore leftists, I don't think anything can happen. I mean, I think the entire economy could collapse, and you know, your and your leftists, you know, your your far leftists would, you know, say, well, that's what America deserves. (laughs) Frankly, you know, I think they would. I think they would um, relish. Uh, The thought of uh, America being taken down like that And they'd want to vote for more Democrats Because they'd like to see it destroyed more Because they were so convinced That America's an evil country
4: Marxism um, Has Some attractive appeal I mean obviously it's won Some people over and they're like You know these rich people Are oppressing the poor Well uh, the banksters I call them the banksters. They're bankers and they act like gangsters and how they oppress your fellow man. From, anyway, the banksters, and then you had the robber barons. Um, you had all sorts of people that have a ton of money and treat their workers extremely poor. Well, the, the answer is not socialism. The answer is not socialism.
3: They don't want socialism. Um, They want democratic socialism. Don't you know that there's a difference? That democratic socialism stands differently.
4: (laughs) But it's it's all based on Marxist thinking.
3: Oh, I know that. But somehow they've been convinced that democratic socialism and the way they're going to do it is different than everybody else who failed. And that's just what everybody else said when they did it.
4: Yeah, well the longest socialism has lasted sixty nine years. Um sorry, Russia, Stalin, you know. Stalin wasn't the first uh, leader of Russia by the way. It was Lenin. You know what Lenin said on his deathbed? Do not let Stalin uh, be the leader. Anybody but him. And so then you had all this, but 69 years later, bam, they're, they were done. So how – so we've had a constitutional republic for over 220-some years. Are we, at 230 now? Anyway, 234, 235. All right, and it's worked, and it's worked. Ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what the redneck would tell you. There needs to be – the Sherman Antitrust Act needs to – get put in place. Well, it's hard. It needs to be activated again. Because in our founding, socialism didn't have a chance. Even the Thomas Paine, he was a big-time socialist. Not many people know this. You know, his famous uh, common sense and other things, these are the times that tribe's men, to- souls, a summer soldier uh, would quickly fade away. But when your country needs you, uh, how great will be the glory, whatever. Just great, motivating, inspiring for the soldiers in the Revolutionary War. Well, William Penn and him had a debate. Payne's socialism was revealed. And uh, basically Thomas Paine wanted a new country so he could try socialism. And ironically, he, he did influence somewhat Thomas Jefferson as well as Benjamin Franklin, but not to the levels we're at today. So Thomas Paine went over to France. He went over to France to be a self-appointed ambassador, and he wrote Thomas Jefferson. And Jefferson was giving him ideas back and forth that were actually very positive, like trial by jury. And uh, Jefferson didn't really support the French Revolution um, for multiple reasons. But Thomas Paine wanted to experiment a socialism thing over there. And since that time of the French Revolution till now… France has suffered twelve constitutions. You could call it Constitution de Jour. But you go back to the early part of our country. Corporations were not allowed to have a charter unless it was proven that they would act in the best interests of the nation and/or their community. That because you had the British um, East Indian Trading Company, which was already oppressing people. One reason why we Declared independence. Um, people are not happy with the corporation idea. In the 1800s, you've got to be very careful because people knew the power of corporations. And so that um, let get slipped into people's minds. And we get into the early 1900s, and Taft, the corporations had already had a lot of power. Abraham Lincoln warned uh, in his letter to W.F. Wilkins. The corporations are going to take over this country, and then Taft came along and had the Sherman Antitrust Act, which would bust up corporations, so there wasn't such a monopoly, such incredibly high, high prices. Now, if the Republicans would stop their corporate um, lobbyists um, and be the party that says we're, we're going to punish corporate lobbyists by high taxes when a corporation's profit skyrockets. From some federal law pass or a state law, if the Republicans would get on that, and you can't stop a lobbyist, why? Because it's the right to peacefully assemble and petition your government. you can't stop Ron Paul said that that was brilliant so when a lobbyist gets a bill passed, so the corporation hired in the corporation makes ton of profit from this, and everybody the whole community is in dollars more. Hundreds of dollars more a year because of some corporation, and the corporation gets phenomenally fat. That's the kind of stuff the Sherman Antitrust Act was developed for. But politicians, oh, thank you for getting me elected. I'm going to go ahead and um, vote for your bill to help your corporation because you got me into office with all your money. See, this needs to stop, and Bastiat had it nailed in the 1800s. He was a French, uh, somewhat a philosopher, but he was an economist, mathematician, he said. The state is that great fictitious entity by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. He wrote that in Bastiat the Law, and he saw this corporate takeover of governments so the corporates make corporations make more profit. He saw this happening in, in Europe all over the place. He was disgusted, so he went and visited America, he was amazed. America has not suffered this as, as badly as Europe has. The people seem to be more in charge of the government than the corporations. Okay, so I mean, I'll say it again the state is that great fictitious entity by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. And so, if it was possible, say, the Republicans or the Libertarian Party were to actually uh, highly penalize through heavy taxes lobbyists, the corporations, the corporate boards, not the stockholders, you know, say, for example. Uh, ABC widget company got something passed on a federal level, and their profits skyrocketed. Oh, look, it, trace it back to this bill. All right, the lobbyist gets pay, gets, a, gets an instant 90% tax rate for five years. That's your penalty, dude. You wanted to lobby, we can't stop you, but we're going to tax the heck out of you because you are taken from everyday people because we get a 100 lobbyists like this, and the American people middle class getting poorer and poorer. The congressman that introduced the bill, guess what? He gets taxed 90%. The corporate board gets taxed 90%. The corporation gets taxed 90%. It's a penalty. So, to stop the corporations from bending the will of the government for corporate profit. I mean, you remember, let's see, 30s, 40s, 50s, 1800s, you know, even in the 60s, a guy could get a job being a bus driver. Being a, a a butcher, being a this, that, whatever, and the mother could stay home with the kids. He made enough money so that we could do this, but then the corporations get into so, way too much power. Both parents have to work. I mean it's, it's disgusting. I see this in the building code, how much extra, 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 $70,000 more per year. That was building officials' estimate with all these codes added over the period of about – uh, Yeah, 10 years. 70,000 more homes for all this – and who's getting all that extra money? All the corporations that are lobbying the California Building Standards Commission. Right. I know I might, might sound like a Democrat, but if you understand their perspective, they are tired of it. I wish the Republicans would study it, get on it, and punish – the Republicans punish deeply, heavily. the lobbyists that are causing this massive corporate profit from their influence on the government, socialism wouldn't have a foothold in this country. And that's why socialism hasn't grown through the 1800s and 1900s um, until now. Um, I want to get other people's thoughts about this. What would happen – what do you think – would socialism fade away? Would the Republican Party be stronger? If they highly penalized through taxes, lobbyists, corporate boards, and corporations, I just want to get people's thoughts on that.
1: I
2: actually makes sense. It, it does make sense. But but it I makes
1: think, sense. I don't but think will will it. Do that. How could that we actually get that to happen? <laughs>
2: Sadly, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. That's so complicated. Yeah, um, we're, all, we're
1: all kind of, I think all of us here are kind of baffled at that, out, aren't we?
2: I mean, Kelly does make a good point. Uh, you know, in the early 20th century, even going to the 1940s, 50s, 60s, typically, you know, you have the stay at home mom, uh, male of the household made enough uh, salary wise to the family. Uh, and you have something called corporate welfare and um, a lot of greedy corporations over the years that, through tax loopholes and other uh, loopholes um, have uh, kind of um, created all this uh, corruption. And um, things are much more expensive these days. And in, in today's society, you, you actually need two a working mom and a working dad just to be able to make ends meet. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, Kelly makes a valid point, but what would be the magic pill if I could say I could change that? Jeez, I, I have no clue.
3: The economy was say that we had industry, we had companies manufacturing, we made stuff. We don't make anything here anymore. It's all virtual technology. Other than that, <laughs> everything's everywhere else uh, that's supposed to be made in America. Um you can't really have a stable economy betting, hedging these hedge funds, uh, hedging on uh, technology, because they, it's a hit and miss, whether they're popular or not. Um, it's something that people catch on to. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, a game, an app. But we don't make anything anymore. So that's a big part of it. When we made stuff, we had a stable well, economy. You could count on. Families could plan vacations. You know, right, we no, don't have that
4: now, who who would want to ship jobs overseas for more profit? That would be corporations. How would they get that done? Go to Congress. Congress would write a bill. Next thing you know, you got GATT and NAFTA, and jobs are getting shipped overseas right and left and left and right. Did, they, did these corporations? What did the corporations care more about? their country, the people, or profits. profits? Well,
3: when their country basically is, is um, gouging them for their profits, then they move to where they can make even more profits, double and triple. And so that's when Trump came in. He wanted and started to change that. He repatriated $2.6 million, uh, overall during his presidency. Two, $2.6 trillion, sorry, not million, trillion. <laughs> that's a big mistake. Uh, but, yeah, trillion. So they have to have incentive to stay.
4: Right, but who who is the guardian uh, of American jobs? Obviously, that was our federal government. But they changed the rules. They and the IRS. More about, well, the IRS, that's a whole other story, too. But who, 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 when you have a Congress that ships our jobs overseas, that tells you how much they're beholden to the corporations. And it's only going to get worse unless we do something. And Joseph was wondering how – Robert was wondering how do you how do, you do something like that? Will you invoke the Sherman Antitrust Act, and then you also – any lobbyist that wants to do something that's going to hurt American people, the American jobs?
0: Okay, well,
4: let them go ahead and pass their bill, but then you have a high-tax penalty, I'm just saying 90%, pick a number. But only for those specific people that you can trace back to their lobbyists and the bill. ABC Widget Company was only making, you know three million a year. then also in some law passed, it was a forced sale of their product and, and, and instead of profit only being three million a year as a national company, they made six the next year, 9 15 um, a million profit because of this forced sale of the product to government. Okay, a private citizens looks this up, and they get 10% of the 90%. You're going to have citizens watching over the corporations all the time, right and left, trace it back to the lobbyists. Bam. Here's your tax bracket because this citizen proved that he gets 10% now. You have corporations being watched very heavily just out of the sheer profit motive of the private citizens, and then you would – and pretty soon, you're going to have lobbyists who are like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. That's no fun. Corporations are going to think twice before doing that again because they're now taxed for 90% for who knows five, five years, ten years, uh, plus back taxes from the hockey stick curve or their profit because somebody caught it because it was a law that forced to the sale of their product. Implementation of this um, – but Lincoln warned us, Bossiat warned us The founding generation knew about this potential They shut it down for a heck of a long time And we had a great America We a lot more stable families uh, Crime was minimal All sorts of things that were just What America should be We had that tell we let the corporations do their thing but A lot of that has to do with the banksters anyway, I, I just, Back to you Robert Because I know we only have 15 minutes left
1: yeah, we do. Um, and so each each person got about a week, about time for closing comments. Um, then I have to close things down for uh, for the evening. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, do it this way. Just you know, you know Garland. You know, you know, stopping. I guess where we where we where we started is of course Garland's going to get here. Who else knows? I mean, if you just look down the line of some of the people that that Biden either has been putting in or has tried to put in, which I find interesting is this guy's been touted to be a moderate, and the people he's looking to put into his cabinet and into other positions are anything but moderate. Um, And I find it also ironic that, you know, the same people who wanted to make a big deal out of Trump and his tweets are having people actually not getting nominated because of the hatred they spewed on Twitter. <laughs>
0: so,
1: again, hypocrisy abound when it comes to the left. So they, they, they blast Trump for four years about his tweets, then you would literally have people who either haven't or, or, or may not be able to pass through – the um, the confirmation process because of the hate that they they've shown that they have inside themselves on Twitter, um, but that, that that's right. So I, again, it's supposed to be a moderate. He's put a lot of the a lot of leftists up there, um, you know, to to hold the reins for. It's gonna be a long four years, folks. But I, you know. But anyway, let's do our closing comments. Uh, so yourself. Uh, Joseph then Suzette, and then Kelly and then I'll have to um close things out. I guess each person's got a you know, a couple minutes, so it's funny time for closing comments on, you know, what you think uh you know about the garland getting nominated or if there's anything else you want to finish up on. Uh but go ahead, Joseph.
0: Uh
2: we live in very scary times. We live in uh we live with great uncertainty. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I could just uh I hope for the best, expect the worst. And uh I look forward to being back on the show next week. Hope everyone on the panel has an awesome end of your week and continue to stay safe. And uh let's see what next week's scandal is going to be. What's going to be the scandal <laughs> of the week?
1: Yeah, it's always of
2: it. Tell me about it. It, it seems like uh, it's like that um, soap opera, Days of Our Lives. My God, it's been on air for like 30 years. I feel like we're living that live right now. Believe me. But um, anyways, um, Kelly, Suzette, God bless. Robert, have a wonderful uh, evening. It's uh, always a privilege, honor, and pleasure to be on the show. Look forward to being back on uh, next week. Let's see what's the controversy for next week. Uh only time will tell. Have a good night, everyone.
1: Me too, certainly. Go ahead, uh,
3: that Looks like Cancel Culture has a karma, karma, karma um, because of those people tweeting and then having their nominations held up <laughs> because of what they tweeted. Ah! <laughs> oh, I love it. When, yeah, I do think that's really funny. Know. Yes, it is. I love it. <laughs> they still may go through, but at least now they've, they've been stopped. So they won't maybe be so anxious to, you know, cancel people because uh, now they've had to face it themselves as far as losing a nomination, possibly. Anyway, um, not much to say other than just keep an ear, you know, to the ground, keep a powder dry. Uh, Garland was uh, Obama's pick for the Supreme Court, so he may have some bitter feelings towards the Republican Party and uh, mm-hmm. as far as the Congress. So, um, you know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He may be a good guy. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, that's <laughs> all I have to
0: say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both gotta know about that, don't we? Well uh, uh Kelly, um go ahead, sir, it's um a good amount of time left, but uh you're our closing comments.
0: Well we're gonna
4: see the holes, we can see how much uh pain brings change in the American people's lives uh, if they'll reevaluate their political party I hope to those that might listen because they're suffering pain I would hope that I have a very warm, receptive attitude towards them to help them change and to you know and maybe they'll see where the Democrat party is really going um, I, I just you know we'll, we'll see we're going to see we're going to see – I mean, America's gone through a lot of hard things and lasted all these 200-plus years. I don't – you know, I'm not going to be like the – I mean, I, I'm trusting the states are going to get the election straight now because if they don't, we're, we're going to – it's it's going to be a slow decline of the country um, because we can't just keep having these elections. So I, hopefully America will get that straight, Hopefully. Things will change, um, and uh, it's, a, again, a pleasure being on the phone with everybody, so I wish you all good night.
1: And, yeah, so, um, yeah, well, again, it's, it's still early but in the administration, but it seems like we've been going through it for a long time already. I mean, it's only March for, you know, and speaking of that, um, he still has to have uh, a major press conference. Uh, or a uh, an address to the to the uh, Congress, which normally by now, through my understanding of it, is, is those kind of things would have already happened. Now we know why that is. I mean, we know that there's no way that by – I mean, how he was able to keep. I mean, be able to do the, uh, you know, do, do, do the debates, but those are months ago. And and with the condition, we know that, he's, that we we pretty confident that he has. I mean, it's just every day just gets, it's just going to get worse for him. So maybe the way in which he was able to do the debate, uh, you know, prior to the November election, November because remember, November was already, you know, five months ago. So this guy's only, it's already been almost a half a year since this guy's done any type of debate. So, you know, his cognitive uh, decline, you know, it's, it's surely gotten worse. So I I don't think he's you know able to do uh, you know press conference, not with a lot of uh, you know without a lot of coaching and who knows what type of uh, drugs or <laughs> drugs or chemicals that they're going to have to put in uh, to just be able to keep them lucid enough to do you know to, to do actually answer questions. I mean, frankly, I mean, I, I've mean, i been okay. seeing clips where he's saying, oh, where, where am I? Or, oh, well, where was I? It's like, you know, I mean, you're the president of the United, these United States, and you don't know where you're at. I mean, that that's dangerous. That really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Kamala Harris taking, you know, the calls where, uh, and I, I'll say this, and I'll stand by it is if she does well i should, i can't say what if she does because we know she 's going to when she becomes president she 's probably going to be the least deserving president, uh, and for the people who are more historical than I am, to be honest, um, you could correct me if i 'm wrong, but I very well think that she may uh, she may very well be the least deserving person to become the President of the United States than anyone in American history i mean seriously she 's done nothing to deserve. Being the president of the United States, other than getting picked by Biden uh, to be her VP, when you know Biden's he's just not he's not going to last a year. I mean, I, I I just don't see it. I mean, you already have Democrats who are you know wanting to take uh, making sure that he's not the only one with the nuclear. Then you know the nuclear. Uh, uh, shoot, what am I thinking about? Uh, you know, connection, connection. Co- the um, the combination, you're right? Good. You know, just the 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 code, the nuclear code, and they don't want just him to have it because, frankly, they don't trust him with it. Um, it, it makes me wonder is is Biden really making these these picks? Is Biden really nominating these folks, uh, you know, to the different cabinets, uh, you know. Members, you know, being members of the cabinet, is he picking him or is, or is someone else uh, picking, <laughs> excuse me, picking people for him? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, uh, the thing is, I think years from now, you know, we're, we're, when we're all retired here, um, we're going to get, there's going to be documentaries. Well, that's the interesting thing, is when we're all retired, there's going to be documentaries of this. And I think just like, you know, documentaries of JFK and things of that nature. I really do think there's going to be documentaries of this, and we're actually going to finally, you know, when they're long gone, but hopefully the the country still exists as it was meant to be, uh, I think that's when a lot of what's happened now, you know, we'll we'll actually find out what was really the truth um, of what these people are doing. Uh, But I will end tonight, uh, as I do every night, is with this song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, It's a nice relaxing song for me to, you know, wind down after the night. But, yes, we will see you next week, folks. Uh, Have a good night. Uh, Take care, and we will see you next time. Good night.
3: Good night. Mm